Today's guest is my friend Jay Campbell. He's a four-time international best-selling author, former men's physique champion, the co-founder of Asir Custom, amazing peptides, and founder of the Jay Campbell Podcast, which I've had the pleasure of being a guest on. He's dedicated his life to teaching men and women how to fully optimize their health while also really focusing now on the importance of raising their consciousness. He's a husband and a father, and I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. You know, people will ask me all the time on social media, like, how do we raise our vibration? Like, what is the easiest way to raise your vibration? And I always say, serve, whatever you do in your life, serve at your highest and best capacity without attachment or expectation. Like, that's the easiest way to say to people, this is how I, regardless of what you do in your life, regardless of your income level, your job, whatever, that's how you can raise your vibration. You can be in service to all of creation, you know, at your highest and best without expectation or attachment. What does that mean? Well, it means like when you're out and about, if you can render aid or assistance to someone, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whether it's advice or encouragement, do it. Welcome to the Strong Man Podcast with Dr. Rimka. One mom's quest to support her son through his rites of passage and becoming what I hope is a man of courage, resilience, and compassion in a world seemingly gone mad. Do you know what this podcast is about? Um, I think if I remember correctly, it's about being a real understanding what it's like to be a man in today's day and age. What does that mean? Okay. Kind of. Yeah. Perfect. I love that. So how this started was, is it's definitely a little passion project of mine. About four years ago, I started writing, um, I went to a conference and it's like, okay, paid the money to write a book and self-publishing and blah, 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 thousands of dollars. And I ended up going, I want to do men's health, a men's nice. health book, to kind of get me in a, get me the, like, what's your ideal client? You know, kind of that whole marketing thing, right? Sure. As I was doing it, I realized what I really wanted. So I had a whole thing about how to get hard rock abs and I'm going after the sex appeal of men and the idea of my face selling a men's book, right? Going for marketing. Right. But as I was doing it, my son got very ill um, with from mold in our house and developed uh, pandas-like illness of severe OCD and a tick disorder became pretty much disabled. I had to pull him out of school. We actually had to do partial hospitalization. I closed down my brick and mortar, moved to Tennessee to put him in a hospital, rented an apartment so he could get treatment for severe OCD from mold, yeah. right? Uprooted my whole life. Don't give a damn, okay? right. but I'll have to figure it out Right. because he needed help that I, I couldn't provide as the mother, as a doctor. It was just overwhelming yeah. for me, okay? So I thought I'd be writing this book, like in the hospital in between going for therapy, family therapy, it just didn't work out. And I thought I need to just focus on the few, on the, you know, virtual practice that I'm doing and, and I'll get back to this later. Sure. So here we are a few years later, right? We've gone through the COVID pandemic and all this stuff in the last couple of years. I realized I went back and looked at it. I really want to get this done. And I looked at what I wrote and said, Ooh, I definitely would say some different things now, right? My, my opinions have changed. So the book turned more into, in my heart was like, I really just want to write this to my son because as a, a brain health, you know, specialist and the biohacking world that I'm in and all that kind of stuff, a mental health expert, I want to write this for him in case something happens to me. And like, does he really know this? Like, I can't assume he, you know, he's not my patient. So he, I think that he knows things that maybe he doesn't just because right. I'm his mother. 
So it was more of that feeling like, I don't know how much time I have, so I need to write this down for him. And I've decided to make it much more personal. Um, and I'm going after asking men in my life that I think are strong men, that, I, that are the kind of men that make me as a woman in this world feel safe, the kind of men that I want my son to be like one day. Um, because women who've had experiences with weak men, they, they don't put us in a place of safety. And I certainly don't want my son to be one. And a lot of women I found out who are raising boys are in the same predicament. And I, I know enough to know that women can't, you know, really, we, I'm not in charge of that rite of passage of turning him into a man, but I'm doing the best I can with what I got. So he's 16 now. And so what I started doing was interviewing men to say, I want some personal advice as a man based on what you would have gone, what you went through as a kid. If you're a father and you're raising a boy, what's important for families and particularly women, because a lot of women are doing this alone, right. um, what they need to think about and, and how to raise boys today in an environment that's really become to me overly feminized. Um, it's not nurturing to the young masculine energy we have out there. You as a uh, hormone specialist understand this all too well about low testosterone and what that's doing. I understand it in terms of many other things and what, how it's malformed the brain. Um, so you're somebody that to me has stood for alpha presence in a way, and I say this, to me, a strong man, you love your wife, you love your children, you're, you're dedicated to growing yourself in your own moral, spiritual consciousness path. It's not, you know, it's not about how much money somebody has, mm -hmm. what their muscles look like. I think a strong body is a part of the equation. Um, but I'm looking for basically advice and uh, stories and what you would say. I wish somebody would have said this to me when I was 10. I wish somebody would have told me this. I wish my mother would have done this. I wish my, I wish my father, whatever. So it's a collection of stories and advice from men like you. That's awesome. Well, first off, I'm honored that you're thinking of me. So I appreciate the opportunity and I'm privileged and humbled to be here with you. So, and obviously we're close friends now, so it's very cool. Um, so, you know, as a father, um, just a little bit of background on me, I'm 51. I have two uh, biological children, daughters, 14 and 12, but my uh, current wife, Monica, had uh, three biologicals. Two of them were boys. Um, and the oldest, or excuse me, my oldest of hers, youngest, because we raised them for, for the most part for a long time together, uh, is a 19-year-old girl. Actually, she'll turn 20 in about a month, and she's an amazing soccer player. But her two older sons um, were in a similar situation before her and I were together because her ex is a very weak man. Um, actually, she was the alpha in the relationship. You know, she wore the pants. She made the money. She, she basically performed probably similar to what you're doing, you know, both duties um, and was, and was with a very, very weak, um, you know, man. And uh, without disparaging him, cause that's not who I am. I don't want to do that, but that's what she came from. So her older sons definitely did not have a strong um, male role model. Uh, and really honestly, we're also product, you know, part of a, a broken marriage 
as you know, many kids are uh, today, you know, from with divorces, the divorce rates as high as they are. And, you know, I will also add, you know, from my personal experience, because I went through this. And, and by the way, I'm divorced twice. Uh, my first marriage, I didn't have children. My second marriage, I had my biological daughters who are now being raised by myself and my current wife, Monica. Um, but I've been, I, you know, I went through the gauntlet. Um, you know, my ex-wife put me in jail. Um, I went through the family court system. I was charged with a bunch of crimes that I did not commit. It took me uh, four and a half years to have my name cleared and almost $50,000, $46,000. In fact, over four years, I lost my quote unquote corporate identity uh, and and pretty much everything, you know, other than, um, you know, my dignity. But I, I, in, in losing, you know, what seemed to me uh, was valuable, which is obviously material things and, and a reputation and a name in the quote unquote corporate world that I was in, I gained, you know, the person that I am now today. So, you know, I'll make the change, you know, to, to what happened to me, you know, seven days a week and twice on Sunday, um, you know, to gain the wisdom and the insights and the perspective that I have now versus when I did then. And I, you know, I honestly, uh, Steph, I think when you look at this, am I calling you Dr. Rimka or Steph? Oh, you call me Steph. It's fine. Yeah. No, no, Steph. Okay. Uh, I don't want to, I don't want to screw up. No, podcast, sweet. But, uh, sweet. Yeah. It's, it's really important for people who do go through divorce. Um, and if, especially if you've been thrown through the family court system in any kind of way, which most people are, um, you know, to really understand what's going on in the family court system and the family court system for the most part, um, is very much biased against the earner or the breadwinner. You know, a lot of people want to say, oh, well, they hate men, but it's really not because if the woman is the breadwinner and the earner, it's biased against her just as it is the men. So the whole system in the United States is demonic. I mean, I've seen so many things uh, of horrible nat- uh, nature where, you know, men and women, husbands and wives, mothers and fathers are separated from their children due to the system. Uh, and it's really horrible. And every and obviously every state has different laws. Uh, some states are way worse than others. When I dealt with my issues, we were living in Nevada uh, in a suburb in Las Vegas. And man, I went through absolute hell. You know, I couldn't see my children. I wasn't allowed to talk to my children. My ex, after she, you know, had me brought up on charges and I had to go to jail and serve all that stuff which thankfully was not a short, a long time. It was only five days, but I mean, it pretty much destroyed my corporate life at the time. Um, I didn't, didn't see my two daughters and they didn't see me, which was worse for almost 19 months, right? And they were at the time uh, 19 months and three and a half, you know, well, almost two years. They're about 21 months apart. And that was horrible for them. My, you know, my uh, 12-year-old now is still traumatized from that you know she was daddy's little girl and then she didn't see him for 18 months and then when she saw me again she didn't know who i was right so i went through all these things and you know to to wrap this you know to make this you know relevant it's it's really important in today's day and age for men and women again parents husbands and wives mothers and fathers ex-husbands ex-wives to come together to really be and, you know, balanced on the idea of what parenting is and what co-parenting is, because I see too many families broken up from the stuff where one parent, you know, uh, it doesn't matter whether it's a male or the female is just holding on to enmity and bitter and, you know, refuses 
to comply and to co-parent and to make, you know, a, 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 an effective relationship, you know, for the children. And so, like, I think the most important thing is, you know, again, relevant to this discussion is that both parents have to be responsible. They have to be mature. You know, obviously marriages don't work out for whatever those reasons are, but it's more important to make sure that the kids, you know, are cared for. And again, this is where the breakdown in the United States is right now, because you're, you know, you're talking a lot about how women uh, are, for the most part, you know, bearing the largest brunt of responsibility of raising kids because the father is either left or has been ostracized by the family court system or whatever it is. And so you see, again, much more, much more than uh, with women than it is men. And there are some men out there, daddy daycare men that are doing both too, but they're very much the minority in comparison to women. And the roles that women have to play, you know, being the father, playing the role of the father and playing the role of the mother, they're just, you know, biologically not cut out for, right? But no one is really talking about this, you know, in, in, in the ways that we probably couldn't, can discuss it in this, in this conversation or this podcast uh, or this interview, whatever this is. And it's, 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 it's sad. It, for me, it's really sad because, again, it's who suffers the most here is the children. Because they don't understand as they're being brought up, whether it's boys and girls or a combination, they don't really understand like what mom or what dad, or if it's mom playing dad or vice versa, you know, what their roles truly are, you know, and it's, it's just, we've, the, the, the nuclear family, if we can use that term, is just so broken and so battered, you know, in the United States. And the nuclear family was at one time, you know, and I'd say the fifties and sixties and even into the seventies. Um, which is when you and I were really being raised and brought up was, you know, a, 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 it was championed, I would say, you know, in the United States, we didn't have the breakdowns that we have now. And I'm not saying that divorce is wrong, because I've been divorced twice, right? I mean, I think we're all growing, and we're all evolving, you know, throughout our lives. But we, we in the United States, specifically, if I can talk about and really in the West, the family construct has been disintegrated. And most people now today don't really understand, like, what is the role of the dad? What is the role of the, of the mom? I mean, you know, again, most kids are being raised by their mom. Uh, kids get into high school, both boys and girls, and mom is playing the role of mom and playing the role of dad. You know, there's no co-parenting. Again, there's usually in relationships that have been where divorces have occurred, there's just a damage. You know, one spouse is creating issues for the kids because that spouse won't communicate with the other spouse. And, you know, there's obviously people out there that are amicable and that's a good thing, but I just see a lot of times today. And I know, especially in mine, uh, and I'm fine now, by the way, my, my current wife has really uh, solved and made my ex-wife and I totally amicable. Um, even though she hasn't been really there for her children, like I would like her to, she's now making a better effort. So I'm grateful that that's actually happening, but there's, there's too many people that are not communicating. And so the kids, again, ultimately are the ones suffer because, you know, getting back to your original point, boys and girls growing up, and I would say from, you know, eight to 18, um, really do struggle to understand, like, what is the role of a strong, you know, male uh, versus a strong female? Because, again, they see such an amalgamation and a mix of, like, both parents having to do the same thing. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. And I think, you know, I think you being able to speak about some of the um, biological aspect to it, the influence of hormones, that would be very interesting since it's been one of your specialties for yep. decades now. Yep. Um, it, it's something I, I just interviewed a uh, therapist, so a cognitive behavioral therapist, and it was interesting some of the things he was saying 
and I was talking about the feminization of education yeah. and uh, he wrote his thesis on rites of passage for men, but some of what you just said, you know, made me think of the masculinization of women. Yeah, right, right? yeah. There's a big yeah. trend that I've really just kind of awoken to, I guess, in my resistance of how um, I've been very proud of how masculine I am, right? right? Because yeah. society, society likes a tomboy, but doesn't yep. like a sissy right. boy, right? right? You know, so a right. little girl who can play sports and who can fight, you know, she's tough, she's a badass, all that kind of stuff. So that was, um, and it's it's okay for a little girl to dress kind of like a boy, but it's not okay for a boy to dress like a girl. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's right. how I was kind of raised. And you, you get, um, I get, I get um, kind of praised at times for maybe being aggressive and more masculine and, and all of that. And I'm becoming a mother, be, being pregnant, sure. right? Giving birth was the most profound explosion of my own femininity I ever right. experienced. Right. And like my ability to embrace and actually like being a woman was very new for me, right? right? So it like developed such an explosive feminine energy, so much divine to where That's I almost, awesome. I forgot all about my, my masculine tone. I didn't know yeah. how to harmonize them yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I didn't know how to be, I was one or the other. Um, but I see a lot of that happening with women and these mothers because they have to become, they feel like they have to become so masculine for work and for money right. and career. Right. And then they're trying to bring they're almost becoming, they're mothering in a masculine right. way. Right. right. Well, so, so it's a good point. There's a lot of sidebars, a lot of different ways we can go, but I, I don't know if you're familiar with the work of Dr. Anthony Napoleon. Have you read the book Shadow Man? No. Okay. So, so Napoleon's book, that guy's insane. He's still on Twitter. Okay. Actually him and I became friends because he read my book. It's a crazy story. He actually read my book, the testosterone optimization therapy Bible and I was following him on Twitter anyway and reading his stuff because I was fascinated by the stuff that he wrote. But uh, he actually reached out to me in a private conversation on Twitter and then said, hey, here's my email, my private email. Let's talk. And so anyway, him and I became somewhat friends. He's actually out here in San Diego. But his book, Shadow Man, is a, a tell all. It was written in like 2014. I mean, he basically claims he's a psychiatrist, but he, he basically claims he was a psychiatrist for the Illuminati. And meaning the elites of this planet that govern everything, right? right? And the book is, I, I highly recommend that you- I have to get it. Oh, we'll have and, it. Oh, no, the book is, dude, the book is a decoding of everything. But in his book, he proves that in the 60s and 70s, the entire women's feminism movement was a PSYOP designed to get women from out of the home you know, raising children, being the maternal divine feminine queen to being another tax paying citizen. And he shows you what happened. And again, again, what all these people give a shit, as you know, is control, corporatization, more money, more profitability. So, you know, they pulled all these women out of the home where they were, you know, mostly happy raising kids. A lot of women were obviously becoming, um, you know, working and also doing the same thing, but being mother. But, you know, like you said, you know, they created this movement where women are, it's fine to be just like a man or it's, you know, all this other shit, you know, and again, I'm not attempting to say that it's not cool that women, you know, don't go out and have the same opportunities that men have, because again, you know, the, the, the world that we live in is egalitarian, you know, go out and do what you want. But 
you know, he proves that financially it was just another way to enslave us, right? Get women who are never paying taxes to start paying taxes, right? So again, it's just this giant slave mechanism. But, you know, back to the other point that you said, and obviously this is where I'm an expert. I mean, look, if you go back the last 30 years, all of the experts who look at the environment, who look at the industrialization, the uh, attack on the endocrine system from all of these different pathways, from the food, the water, the air that we breathe, uh, the, the chemicals everywhere, you know, as you and I know, like even an electric car now is irradiating your biological systems. People that drive Teslas are shortening their lifespan. Yep. By God knows who, who knows how many years. That's a very unpopular message. I mean, people with these electric cars, that they don't yeah, understand. People have no idea. Everything them. is an inversion. You know that, right? Yeah, so, yeah. so here we are now in 2022. And young men, for the most part, and I'll get to women in a second, are the opposite. They have become effeminate. They have almost no testosterone. They have brittle bones. I have a friend. I don't know when his book is coming out. But he's been actually doing research for the last 10 years on bone systems or bone structures of men and women and how brittle kids are today. Like, I mean, it's, 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 it's mind blowing. Like what, again, we have done through the industrialization and the contamination of our biological and endocrine systems, how weak everyone now is because again, of these chemicals, because again, the environment that we created is castrating women, castrating men like you said, you know, emasculating men and masculinizing women. I mean, you know, my bonus daughter, Alana, who's you know essentially going to be an all-American soccer player. We, you know, we did her blood work about two years ago now. And she was like, you know, the doctor that did everything was like, yeah, she's, you know, completely, um, you know, dominant, you know, she has, you know, no estrogen and high testosterone. So it's like, you look at that and you look at the opposite and it's again, what we've created. And it's, again, this is a biological known mechanism. If you look, you know, and Dr. Anthony Jay is a great researcher, uh, former Mayo Clinic guy, you know, he wrote the book Estrogeneration, you know, you could put, they do this and they've been doing this. And again, it's all covered up. But since 2016, every male fish that is put into the freshwater systems in North America, lakes, aqueducts, everywhere in one year, staff becomes a female fish. So it just takes one year. Now we know that this is from the birth control in the water supply, the plastics, the plasticizers, again, just the annihilation, uh, you know, all the uh, fertilization uh, drugs. Uh, I mean, not fertilization, but the pest control drugs and the stuff that they put in the environment for uh, farms and stuff like that. So there's just, there's so much chemicals that we have literally transmogrified both the male and female species. Right. There's a there's a study that was in my first book um, called the Hebrew University study. And it's pretty much a famous study now is on all seven continents. And they studied like a cohort population of forty eight thousand men. And they came up with the idea that by two thousand and again, by the way, this is a moving number. At least by 2041. There would be no X, Y chromosome that male species was going to go away. Right. So you know, this is real science and nobody is talking about this, but this is where we are in our environment today. So, you know, getting back to the whole point of this conversation is like, how can a man who has automatically been 
essentially neutered since birth from the environmental factors how can someone like that become more masculine and understand what it's like to and you know i'm talking about a teenage boy you know i made a boy inside of me right he's now 16 exactly and he was poisoned so for the listener to understand what you're saying yes what i ate during pregnancy mattered yes what i fed my son his whole life matters but what we're saying is i was already poisoned yeah there's nothing you could do to such a level that he developed in utero disruptive endocrine signals because i already had disruptive signals it gets concentrated and passed down um probably our generation got hit the hardest because absolutely got hit the hardest that's when the things in the 70s were really starting to come out birth control yeah total yeah birth control right and i never was on birth control and i try to tell women like i get it being able to control when you're pregnant or having a baby is I, I want women to have that control, yeah. but this is also killing you. It's, it's one of the most dangerous true. things ever. And that people are putting their 12 and 13 year old daughters on yeah. it. Like it's nothing insane. is a major problem. No, right? I mean, I mean, it's, it's literally insane. I mean, even the IUDs, I mean, everything. Okay. Look, how tinfoil do we want to go? Like everything that has been designed, you know, in this corporation that America is, and really the West is, uh, since the sixties. So it's like, once they realized they didn't have to send people and it was mostly men primarily at the time off to war to kill them. And they realized they could just kill us in our, from our living rooms with the chemicals and the blue light now with the computer screens, you know, and the vaccinations. And we haven't talked about that, you know, I mean, like all of this has just been one giant biochemical push and onslaught to, you know, increase profits, shorten lifespans, weaken the species i mean again i mean just if we just use the idea that like okay we're going to make women like men and make men like women from a strength and you know virility virility standpoint Mm -hmm. and you already have basically castrated the will of the people like you know do we really have now in the united states because they make jokes about this all the time and i have military in my family do we even have a fighting force Right. Defend the United no, States with our military so weak. No. Yeah, it's true. We can't even draft people because it's they, 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 they don't even the no the, 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 the military's exercise requirements. There's not one pull-up required to be in any branch of the armed forces. Oh, they lowered that, huh? They removed it. You can't even do what you don't even have to do one pull-up. Wow. So the whole thing is literally a fraud. It's just a farce. I mean, we you know, again, the system. That they have created is like yeah. i don't know i mean you know are they eventually gonna come down out of their ships and just you know take <laughs> us over i mean i mean i really don't know and like you said we were talking off air before none of us really know what's coming but it's very clear now at this point that there's been just an overt attack on humanity especially in the west yeah to weaken us from every single angle uh and and again you know you look around you take a man who's 22 to 25 years old and you test him, you know, for hormones, Mm -hmm. uh, inflammatory markers, and almost every person is deficient, you know, or has high life force, you know, that's people don't, if they're listening, it's it's kind of your vital force. And I'm coming at it from when I started writing this book, I was coming from a very brain-based perspective and it's still going to be incredibly brain-based. And I'll have to talk about what testosterone and growth hormone and things like that do to the brain. But my idea is if I have 
you know, I want stable neurology. I need stable structure sure. and stable function. And then I have stable behavior. And yeah. if I don't, you know, for my son, as I try to explain, I need how you eat, how you move, all the stuff and that creates this, the kind of behavior we want. And that's what the safe behaviors in men. And it's becoming the idea. I remember four years ago, Jay, I'm going to fucking say it. Four years ago, I remember as I outlined it and I was going through the plan, I'm like, okay, I'll come out and go hard carnivore. I'll do, the, you know, whatever, like as part of a marketing gimmick. And I said, ah, I don't want to write about that. And I said to myself and a friend I was doing, I said, I better be careful. I certainly can't talk about the whole trans thing. You can't, I, I, and he goes, oh, you don't, definitely don't do that. You're going to screw yourself. And it's going to be, don't, don't talk about that. Now, here we are like four years later and all the stuff that's been revealed in yeah. the last few years. And I said, oh no. I'm writing this to my son, only to my son. And whoever the hell is going to read it, they're just going to read it and they don't like it too damn bad. But I gotta, what I gotta say, yeah. right? And because it's becoming so such a thing, and I think it's because of this. And I tell people, you guys do not see the connection and the right. hormonal manipulation. Yes. One, it does the manipulation and causes actual confusion because I can we can inject you with thyroid hormone and yes. make you either a genius or we can yes. take it away and make you a moron. We can inject you with something and we can yes. completely derange your hormonal signals and you're confused. That this is a known fact. This is not pseudoscience, right? So the fact that, right? the example of the fish in the water of what can be done. Like, do you guys not see this, how this is happening, how we're, we've been poisoned generations back in yep. the air, in the water, in the injections of the vaccines and the birth control pills and other things. And it's deranged our signals to where we're causing this trans movement and we're trying to normalize it to look at what is coming. And this is part of why I'm writing the book. I wanna say like, what can I do? Like, I can only apologize to my son, shit. I didn't know what was, I, I was an organic kind of super healthy living yeah. person. And I still have a son that has weakened systems. He is yeah. more brittle. He isn't as strong. I can see it. It's like yeah. the, how the, the poisoning, the genetic mutation yeah. that causes all epigenetic issues, right? What the hell do we do now? And part of my biggest concern is, oh, let me be real clear. Let me get in your brain and explain some things to you from the bullshit you're going to see out in the public. Right. There are not 32 damn genders. And let me, right. done and done. Don't fall for the trap, right? And 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 I got to get your testosterone. I have, this, he's 16. I'm like, I've already got him on testicle pills. I'm like, oh no, I got yeah. I to gotta get you stuff to get this testosterone going. I'm sorry, because you're probably already going to be depleted. Like I already know it. So I'm already trying to hit it, you know? So I want the, the listener to understand that like, this isn't exactly your fault, mama or papa. It is, you got yeah. poisoned. Some choices you made were stupid. Great. Yeah. Now we got to deal with where we're at and, and what are we going to do? And you need to see the bigger picture. And not only that, getting the women out of the house working obsessively, totally beta, high beta, yeah. externally focused. No one can go inside and meditate and get in right. the beta or alpha, can they? No one can open their pineal or pituitary gland. No one can find the divine grace of God with inside themselves. And I did say the G word because no one has time anymore because you got a job and money and taxes. You got to pay the bills, bro. Right. Yeah. Right. And oh, I mean, look, I'll sleep when I'm dead. You know, all you're, that bullshit. You're you're 100% right. So, from a solution standpoint, let's just identify what's happening though, because you just kind of beat around the bush by yeah, say it. You didn't. Yeah. You didn't. I mean, you 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 said it perfectly without saying it. This is a spiritual war between the dark side, the left hand path, the demonic, whatever you want to call it. I call it the parasitic energy and the energy of abundance creation light 
divinity, whatever you want to call it. And it's been going on forever behind the veil, but now it's in front of the veil for the people that have eyes to see and ears to hear. So people like us, you know, this is Claire's day now, but they are transmogrifying the human species because they are a, a dark AI inorganic, you know, species that wants to survive in this like high tech, high, um, how would I call it? What's the energy? Like high EMF electromagnetic field that human beings, you know, as we are as organic, you know, divine, you know, creatures, sentient beings cannot survive in without, again, being part robot or part AI, you know, not sentient anymore, essentially hive minded. And that's what this whole movement is. You know, you talked about, you know, what's happening with this trans bullshit. It's all fucking bullshit. And it literally is happening in utero, as you said, through all the mechanisms that you said. And so now we have people, and then let's not forget that then they they go into these progressive virus. That's what, by the way, uh, Dr. Napoleon coined the term. He calls it the progressive mind virus. Hmm. And so they go into these schools, the universities, now the high schools, the grade schools. I mean, it starts in kindergarten now. And they're brainwashed with this socialism, communism, whatever you want to call it, you know, Bolshevikism, like nonsense where that, you know, everybody is together. There's no individuality. You know, you can't think beyond the hive mind. I mean, you know, think about all the young people that you've heard in the last year and a half with the vaccine, you know, it's the right thing to do. Everybody else is doing it. I mean, you know, go along, get along. I mean, I mean, that's what they teach people in this nonsensical world where individual individuality and individualism is cut off. Right. So where they want this to go is these assholes like Ray Kurzweil and Peter Diamandis, you know, who are talking about the singularity like it's some good thing. I mean, how sick and brainwashed do these people have to be to think that becoming chipped so that they can read your thoughts, control your thoughts, tell you what to do, you know, mandate that you go to bed at night, not spend money. I mean, I don't even, I mean, you, whatever is possible with AI is what they want. And they want the human species to be AI. Right, which again is now completely hive-minded controlled, and yeah, but, that's where but, it's going. But 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 Jay, what about all the paralyzed people we can help? But but what about all the autism children? We you'll can be help? able to give them a third eye, and right, be able right. To see we'll be able to be more spiritual. So this is what they're doing, right? The same way they're doing the trickery of oh, exactly. but it's it's for the greater good. Right. And you can suffer <laughs> with pain, and we can do whatever. And that is one of the things that almost you know is me pulling my hair out, and I got to tell you, having, we've talked about this, having a 16 year old, you know, a teenager during this time has been really difficult. If he was three, four, five, I could have protected him from everything from the pandemic and all the consequences, basically, you know, maybe we would have been a little bit lonelier. We would have been a little bit more isolated because I don't want him seeing people in masks so much. And I live where I live. It's like psychotic, but you know, I could have gotten in the car and we could have found some people, you know, we could have figured it out at older 12, 13, you know, eighth grade is when it started for him. Dangerous time. Cause this is where they're trying to be independent. They, yeah. they need to break away yeah. from the, the mother and the father, you yeah. know, yeah. And think for themselves. And so me trying to exert influence and they want to be with the hive group. 
identity matters more than their parents, than the family. It's been, it's yeah. a really scary time for parents. And so it's why I've kind of gotten back to this where I'm like, I've got to get this down for him. I've got to write yeah. it down. And, and yeah. maybe he won't listen right now because he's a resistant teenager, but right. there it'll be. And it'll be, and some of these things will be basic things like never ever become a vegetarian and never right. a vegan because this yeah. is a way to destroy your manhood. <laughs> you know, this is a way to destroy who you are. And that would be safe for a woman as well, right? You will, you will become infertile less you become weak. Your brain will deteriorate, things like that. So well, you know, well, this is what it is, right? To, to that, you know, if I liken it to my children, right? Because I have a 14 and 12, so they're not 16, but they're close. But my two children have not gone to school which is a blessing for them. And they don't even realize in the last two years because they're not vaccinated at all. They've never been vaccinated. And both of them are absolutely amazing kids. Now they complain because, you know, they want to be in the hive mind. They want to be around more kids. They want to have more friends. They want to have all that collectivism bullshit. Um, But the reality is, is that like I have been, you know, and so is Monica, you know, I wouldn't say brutal, but like, you know, very forceful and like letting them understand like, the truth versus the bullshit, right? So like they understand what you call the scamdemic. They understand very, very well what has happened in the last two years. Today's episode is brought to you by Asir Custom, age-defying peptide-based products that rejuvenate the skin and regrow hair. Yeah, you heard that right. This is what I've been using on my hair, this amazing blue GHK copper peptide to grow my hair back and it's working along with many of my patients. To get your own Asir Custom Hair Regrowth Serum at 15% off, go to bit.ly forward slash Rimka Asir. That's B-I-T dot L-Y forward slash Rimka, R-I-M-K-A-A-S-E-I-R. This stuff actually works, guys. Nobody likes losing their hair. Watching it grow back, that's exciting. A seer custom. Okay, now they also are very blessed, even though they don't understand that. Well, I should say my 14-year-old does, my 12-year-old. If it was up to her, she'd go out and get fully vaccinated. You know, Dan, I, I don't agree with any of this, right? And every kid has their soul, you know, has their own soul and their right. own drive right. and their volition right. and whatnot. But, uh, you know, they're a little bit different, but they have at least seen a different perspective than what they would have gotten if they were going to a private school in LA or a public school in LA. Because again, both of those are, it's just full on subordination and brainwashing, you know, straight up uh, conditioning again from the progressive mind virus for, you know, they're, they're, they're told what they're supposed to know and believe, right. You know, from the vaccination to made up history. I mean, to everything, it's just, it's, just, it's so unbelievable. So, you know, I've actually told both of my daughters that, uh, I would prefer for them to build a business while they were in their high school year. So my, you know, my, my eighth grader will be a freshman next year. Um, and she, I think I told you this, but we may allow them to go may, uh, to be with their mom, their biological mom in Florida, just so they can go to school and just to see how that is. Right. Cause they don't have to get vaccinated in Florida. You know, we, we all know what Florida is for right now, at least. So we may allow them just to have this, you know, quote unquote experience with kids and be in this environment. And yeah. And now obviously they went to public school in California, you know, three years ago before all the bullshit happened. So it's not like they haven't been to school, um, but they haven't been in school in the last two years. Okay. 
Um, and I won't let them go to school, you know, here because they're never going to get that bullshit ever around them. So now we may allow that, but it's cool, you know, from a conversational standpoint that I've been able to perceptually see, you know, two kids growing up homeschooled, uh, and away from the chaos, um, versus where they were before that, when they were in technically the chaos, but obviously you and I, and people like us weren't examining and observing the chaos like we are now, because we realize what's happened. You know, everything has obviously come down the, the anvil, has dropped in the last two years. The gauntlet has been laid. Yeah. You know, they're they're all out front and center now on their attack on us and they want us to become fully conditioned slaves. And again, a lot of people don't see that stuff. I mean, you know, we know that, right? I mean, you're talking about that, you know, the whole movement. But at the end of the day, this really is just a movement to get people to be fully transhuman. You know, if I can coin the term transhumanized, like that's what this is, this that's what this is about. So it's either you as a divine masculine slash feminine, you know, man or woman choose to say no, that my children, my loved ones, the people that I'm, you know, responsible for are not going to go down that path or you don't. And you just basically acquiesce. And I would assume the majority of people, like you said, are so preoccupied with paying their bills, making the rent, paying for the mortgage, paying for the college tuition, that they have no ability to discern and really critically think like, what is the right thing to do? Am I doing the right thing for my kids? Should I be keeping them out? I mean, I, I, I don't think that any person at this point where we are now, and obviously I'm a college graduate, just like you are, but I don't think that's the path anymore. I mean, I, I don't want my two daughters to go to college. I mean, I, I don't either. I don't. And it's a shock to, to myself, right? like right. And to my son, right. he's still thinking, I'm like, honey, it's not what it's cracked up to be. You'd be better off come up with a business plan. And exactly. I mean, it. I mean, I'm like, it's just not worth it. Yeah. I mean, you and I were both collectively brainwashed and every person that goes to college was yep. uh, to go along and get along and follow along yeah. and get a job and have a title. And, and so know. many bad things happen there. I mean, honestly, it's just a, the drinking and the drugs so and the rape. Yeah. I mean, uh, really, like when you think about it, I'm like, it's not really all that fucking awesome, you know, other than the best thing is meeting people from all over the world. If you go someplace where there's international students and things like you can have some cool experience, you know, talking with somebody from Germany that you maybe wouldn't have, you know, I, I, I get that there's benefits and cool conversation with professors at times, but overall what they're charging now and what oh, you get joke, for dude. it, it's ridiculous. I don't think there's any value whatsoever. I think that actually most parents who had a vision of like entrepreneurship or, you know, let's just say parents that were entrepreneurs themselves and kept their kids out of school and had them build businesses when they were younger, because anyone can do it, especially now with the internet and technology and, you know, bandwidth being way it is. But again, it's having a mindset. I mean, I know my family, my dad had the, you know, he had a wage slave mindset. My dad was a very successful wage slave you know he rose all the way up the corporate ladder and became a ceo and was a senior executive vice president you know and i was a senior executive vice president before you know i had my awakening you know at 40 or 41 or however old i was but like i know that a lot of people entrepreneurship running your own business building your own thing is not for everyone but for the people that it is once you have that perception and perspective you would never want your kids or anybody that you know to go into the collectivism brainwashing of college and, 
you know, post-secondary education and all that, because like you said, right, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a, what's the word I want to, it's a racket. It is. The whole thing is a system that they created again, a hundred years ago to brainwash the population and make them do exactly what they want them to be, which was a good tax paying citizen. That's really what they want, right? When you understand that your social security number that they give to you, that they give to you at birth is actually a system of chattel and that you're being publicly traded. I mean, it's crazy to think like what is really happening in this third dimension, you know, the matrix, um, when you don't have a perception of being outside looking in. And again, that's, it takes a lot of work and effort and success to finally get to a place where you're not, you know, a wage slave plugged into the matrix. But I mean, most people are, and they can't see outside of it. Yeah. So what let's, so ultimately, you know, probably the people who will be listening are people who are a little bit more woken. <laughs> okay. But not yeah. woke. Yeah, um, not woke. They're awake, but not woke. Yeah. And I was, well, I got to tell in defense, you guys, I was woke. Okay, I'm a liberal progressive. I've been a liberal progressive Democrat. You know, this is how I I, I thought that was, was the right I? thing. You know what I mean? Like I I thought the left and the right were like a real thing, and uh, you know what I mean. I thought there was really a blue and a red. I didn't understand. There, you know, you wait, you you do what you do. Your family, the way you're raised, right? You were raised Catholic. You're a Catholic. If you were raised Jewish, you're Jewish. If you're a Democrat, right. you're a Democrat. Your dad is a Republican. You're a Republican. You know, right. like people don't even think about it, right? You just this is becomes the identity and how you see things, and now. I do see things differently and it is yep. kind of shocking and stunning where you're like, oh my God, did I used to sound like that? Or yeah. and I realize some of the people I love so much and I've had such great relationships with them, but they can't see it, no. you know, and you have to learn to just be like, okay, it is what it is and not have any judgment. And like, I can't explain why they can't see what I see. I'm sure they don't understand why I don't see it that way. That I'm right. seeing a traitor now, or you know, it's very weird to like, are you? I'm like, no, I'm 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 still me, but I see I don't see it that way now. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, it's well, by the way, we're the exact same stuff. I mean, I in my 20s, I was an absolute liberal progressive. I mean, I came out of college, bleeding heart liberal. Yeah. Uh, same way. I was also like, you know, initially I was a Catholic, but I ran out of church at six. I knew that it was a scam. And then literally from, uh, you know, from seven to 25, I was an atheist and agnostic. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think I went, as I got into like my mid twenties, it was the aliens. Right. I mean, I went through it all. Yeah, same. I, I know we talked about, it. it's like the same kind of, and then you you're getting to some different level of where now we know we don't know anything really. <laughs> I mean, but, but the consciousness, like the, we are light, like clearly we're exactly. light, clearly we're love. That's the truth. If it's not that it's not true. That's kind of what exactly. it would be. It's not love you guys. And it's not light. It's not you. We're consciousness so, itself. Literally. Right. That's Just out here to know ourselves and have an experience and go back and be like, well, that was interesting. <laughs> I learned so, a little so, bit. So, so to that point, so people understand this, I know I told you, like, I was stressed out up until Thursday of my vacation last week because I was thinking about my company and we're having issues. You know, it's a typical, you know, e-commerce, two, three million dollar company. Every month is a cash flow crisis. Right. So I was all stressed out going into there. And my wife had this work, you know, this had it out with me on Thursday. And she's like, dude, this is pathetic. You know, we've had two days since we've been at the seminar. Can you just give me the next three or four days and be the Jay Campbell that I know and love? And I'm like, 
Yeah, yeah I will. Right. And so remember I, I, who you are is what she said. Remember who you are. So I, you know, I went outside, I walked the beach by myself and I just said, you know what? Done. And, you know, to your point about light and love, like the next, like for the next six hours, I was just like, okay, how can I help people here in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico that I don't know? Like, what am I going to do to give back? Like, how am I going to serve at my highest and best for people that can use my help? And I, I swear to you, by having that mindset, I vibrated that, those experiences into my life. Because all of a sudden, I helped a bunch of people that I wouldn't probably have even, like, thought to help. I mean, I always give, but, like, there were just people that I could help. And it was like, it just uplifted me. And then that drove me for the next two or three days of just being like, wow, they, you know, my friends, I told you, you know, we go with another couple and Monica, they were calling me joyful Jay. So it was like a, it was like a joke. And now since I've been back, they've been messaging me. They came back on Saturday. We came back last night and they've been messaging me like, is Joyful Jay still around? And they're checking in with Monica, right? And it's like, we're in a group thread and WhatsApp. And she's like, he still is here. He hasn't gone back. That's so awesome. it's like, so I'm, I'm making an effort right now to just maintain that state of being, which is again, you know, people will ask me all the time on social media, like, how do we raise our vibration? Like, what is the easiest way to raise your vibration? And I always say, serve, whatever you do in your life, serve at your highest and best capacity without attachment or expectation. Like that's the easiest way to say to people, this is how I, regardless of what you do in your life, regardless of your income level, your job, whatever, that's how you can raise your vibration. You can be in service to all of creation, you know, at your highest and best without expectation or attachment. What does that mean? Well, it means like when you're out and about, if you can render aid or assistance to someone, whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whether it's advice or encouragement, do it. And don't expect anything in return. Don't even expect a thank you. Hold the door for an old lady at a grocery store, right? I mean, there's so many ways that you can serve which will automatically, you know, increase your vibratory rate mm -hmm. and you don't have to even think about it. But again, we get so caught up into this day-to-day -day minutia of the matrix, you know, again, paying our bills, performing mm -hmm. our job, you know, making sure someone else is happy, you know, worrying about what so-and-so is going to do, whether you're going to be able to uh, make this payment or buy this thing or any of that stuff. And it just, it just becomes overwhelming. And so it's like, you know, the simple, the, the cliche term is less doing more being right. And so I know that in the last three days I was in Mexico, all and really all the way up until today, um, I've really been focused on the being aspect, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, and that's really what all of us in this crazy world that has, you know, all sorts of seem, seemingly potential outcomes you know, coming, you know, I would say the ancient wisdom teachers would say that we're right now, like at the end of, you know, from a biblical text standpoint, the tribulation, what comes next, I think is like up to us collectively as a consciousness, what are we going to vibrate? You know, are we going to choose to destroy the third dimension because of the gloom, doom and fear, you know, or are we going to, and this is more like people like us, are we going to vibrate a higher and better outcome because we're not going to be consumed with that bullshit. You know, it's like, for example, you know, I put a thing on Twitter the other day, I think it was Friday. Uh, you know, I'm in the gym in the Cabo in the hotel at the Viceroy 
And there's this young girl right next to me on a Stairmaster or an elliptical. I think it was an elliptical. Wearing a face mask and a shield doing cardio. Now, I wanted to be like, hey, I, I mean, I should have just ripped it off her face and be like, you know, I'm actually doing you a favor. Yeah. Cannot respirate, cannot breathe when you're exercising vigorously with this stuff on. But again, think of where these people are from a fear standpoint. They're so locked in paranoia right. that fear debilitates them. It's obviously, as you know, it's paralytic. And so they can't think. Yeah. Like they literally are exercising with a mask on and they can't breathe. They're actually damaging their health by doing this, but they're so afraid of a virus that doesn't exist that they're, you know, I don't want to say that. I mean, I know that there's people out there dying from it, but you know, it's radiation poisoning, but that's a whole other topic. But the, but the reality is, is that imagine Steph, that there are people in our society right now today, knowing what we now know from the bullshit of the last two years, are still wearing masks to exercise. Like, what does that say about the human species? Does that say that there are literally, as you and I were talking off the air, people that really don't have souls? They're NPCs? I think, you know, I, I do think there's some of that. I do think though some of those, and again, maybe it's just like more the feminine aspect, the mother of me and wanting it to be, you know, whatever, or the Aquarian that- right humans are our, our biggest strength is how much empathy and compassion we have it makes us really naive like yes. incredibly naive like you know like well yeah of course because they said so and so we'll believe i don't want to i don't think it's stupidity i think it's yeah. naivete because yeah. we are actually so good yeah. and because we do have a soul we can't fathom Right. Like what the soulless creatures or a psychopath, right, right, is doing or thinking. So we're very easy because we're so emotional. Our empathic ability yeah. is so high. It's yeah. so easy to infuse an emotion. And if they're putting out the frequency of fear and then coupled with shame, it's, we hook into that so easily right. because right. we're designed on purpose to protect us in the community to hook into fear and shame and well, use that as metrics to change our behavior. It's so funny that you say shame because that's what, so my wife saw my tweet and she was like, dude, how can you put that up there? That poor girl. I'm like, because I'm trying to make a point to people, but like what you're saying is like that. I, I didn't think of that, but that's, so there's, you know, that, that, that's the counterpoint is like that girl in her mind actually thinks that she's doing best for yeah. everyone else by wearing the mask yeah. and lowering her ability to breathe while she exercises because she has been told that that's the right thing to do. That's the inversion, right? They, so they take something and she's killing herself. She's auto intoxicating <laughs> on her bacterial stuff, increasing the risks of uh, pneumonia and uh brain infections right yeah i mean so they've created that and so like this is a good thing so that's how that's how brilliant they are at the inversion of something good for you now we're going to turn it poisonous never hate the player hate the game dude they're right. unbelievable so they're, it's, taken, unbelievable. it's taken a lot for me not to go into that now i can just go i don't go to anger when i see it i'm usually yeah. it's sadness pity I'm, yeah I'm gonna, yeah like you know, you got to have compassion. You said it best. You have to have compassion for people who are literally, they've been turned so far external 
They're so far from being actually able to connect because let's be honest, if you were connected internally, you would automatically know that exercising with the mask on is not right. I mean, I, I, this is the truth. I've, I've had, I had this story on a podcast, but this is in 2020 at the end of 2020. And I was in a hotel in Reno. I went up there for a conference and then I actually met Dr. Jerry after, but I was in Reno exercising at 6 a.m. in the morning in the hotel and you know the red coat you know security because you know in Vegas and Reno they got the eyes in the sky they're watching you so I'm literally exercising by myself and I don't have a mask on I have a mask on but it's down here right I'm not wearing a mask this is in the very beginning of COVID and the BS and so the guy comes in and He's like, you know, really professional, clearly a badass. He'd kill me. He was some like ex-special forces guy. <laughs> and, you know, he's the head of security. He's like, you know, you have to wear a mask. And I'm like, bro, I'm not wearing a mask. Like you understand that wearing a mask when you're exercising is actually in poor health and would make it worse for me. And he's like, look, bro, he's like, I've got, you know, all this time, you know, in service to, the, to this country. And I understand too, but look, it's the rules. And I said, it's not a rule that I'm willing to follow. Right. And I looked at him and he looked at me and it was like, hey, man, if it's going to go, you're going to lose. Like he probably would have kicked my ass. But like he realized that I wasn't going to back down and I wasn't going to kowtow to literally demonic bullshit. And so he was like, well, look, man, he's like, how much he he was so cool. He was like, well, how much longer are you going to be on? And I'm like, truthfully, bro, I got about nine minutes left. And he goes, I'm going to trust that you in nine minutes. When you get off that bike, you're going to put your mask back on and you're going to walk out of here and I'm going to be cool. And I was like, wow. Right. So like, I actually wrote about that in my email newsletter that I, you know, we had this reasonable discourse. Right. But it's like the point of why I'm saying that story is some of us know what is right and what is wrong internally because of our connectedness and other people don't have a fucking clue. I'm sorry. I swore. Okay. Just to emphasize it because they're so externally rotated and so not aware of like what really matters. And to me, that's where I struggle. And, you know, I'll be the first to admit, like, I must have more compassion for people like that. But my mind is like, no, everybody has a choice. And if you're that externally rotated that you don't understand that it's wrong, regardless of the rules, then you know what? I got no compassion or sympathy or empathy for you. And that's my problem. I gotcha. No, listen, here's the thing. Actually, it's beautiful because I'm a woman and you're a man. Mm-hmm. And so actually what you said there, you said a few things. We've had some like suggestions on like, this is what strong men are like, right? The thing you can, how you, you've said some things. I'm like, oh yeah, this, 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 and this that you're saying we aren't, and I'll make sure I kind of outline it. But the big word there was discernment, right? So having the, um, neurological and spiritual ability to have discernment to know the difference between what is true and what is not true we might say that right or wrong what is light what is dark what is good is evil right i don't care how we what is god or devil you just change the couple letters and it's the same good evil god devil same thing right um so my question is so i'm gonna ask you a question about that but i'm gonna validate you and actually say thank you for that because i the masculine energy, the uh, strong male energy is to be more directed, more straightforward, more very linear in someone's face. Yes. Yes. And it's, it's normal, like to do a, an a, a attack, a protect and defend. You had right. a strong sense of, and my strong sense wanted to nurture. Right. 
Right. That is normal. Yep. Right. That's yep. that's my that I'm better at that than you. Yeah. I, absolutely. No, no doubt. Saying that, right. No doubt. So I want to comfort and hold her. Oh, honey, because I know she's in trauma. You know, she's traumatized and you want to go in there and rescue the way you do. I'm going to rip it out of her face. She's in a fire and your job is to throw that bitch over your shoulder and run out the building, whether she likes it or not. Totally right? true. Right? Totally That's true. what men do. Right. That's not exactly what I'm supposed to do. No, I'm it's totally true. No, it's, an awesome <laughs> no, it's okay. I valid it. Yes, you can work on compassion, of course. However, I think that's coming from that internal. I'm, it's coming from love. It's no, it is hundred percent. You know, it's funny that you're saying that because this is what Monica and I, my, my wife, Monica and I always get in this debate because she wants me to more, be more compassionate for these people. But like, I'm glad that you were able to point that out to me because I don't really ever take that angle, but you're right. I mean, it's, it is a biological differentiation that, you know, the man, the unga bunga, you know, <laughs> wants to throw him or her and, and save, right? Yeah. Like, you know, that's the loving action. You don't have time man. to be like, polite. action. Right. Yeah, you don't have time to be polite in a fire. And, right. you know, like if you're a lifeguard, they teach you, you, right. you kick the people in the gut, knock them out, exactly. throw them over your shoulder and get them out of the water. You know, you've exactly got, you right. got to kind of hurt them to get them safe to save right. your life. So that's, it's, yeah. that is what it is. And I, yeah. I see that more now as I've yeah. embraced more of that, like, oh, it's, it's not, it's not opposite of me. We're just different. And we have, so if you, wrong, if, and I'm not wrong. If you've seen, if you, so it's a really good segue. If you, if you walk down a major city street now or a busy you know, place with a lot of people like Santa Monica promenade or like, an, you know, an open-ended place, like in Buckhead, Atlanta, I mean, you know, just to give you like frames of reference where there's a lot of people and you walk down the street. If you're a man attempt to make eye contact with another man, it is almost impossible nowadays to have men make eye contact with you. They're so weak, scared, effeminized, whatever you want to call it, that they just, you know, because like I make a very always, I mean, and, and again, whether this is just natural or I learned this, I don't know, but like it's important. I was taught as growing up to make eye contact with the people that you speak with, to look them directly in the eye, to shake their hands, you know, not vigorously, but, you know, a firm handshake. And know that you mean something, whatever it is, right? And it's like, dude, you don't even have that today. I mean, the majority of young men today are so broken, so, you know, lacking understanding or awareness of like what it is to be possessing of masculine, you know, vibrational energy. They don't have that. I mean, and that to me is like the most mind blowing thing ever, you know, like, like in Mexico, I saw a lot of young guys driving Ubers. We were in a lot of Ubers down there. Not one ever would shake my hand, you know, cause I'd be like, Hey man, thanks a lot. You know? And I'd throw them a pound and they didn't give a shit about the masks in Mexico and Uber. They don't care. They're just trying to make money. And I'd be like, Hey, thanks a lot, bro. And not one of them ever turned around and like literally made eye contact with me. It was like, Hey man, thank you. Cause I tip them really well. It's just kind of like, they just kind of go like that. Mm-hmm. So it's the same shit. Like when you're walking on the street, you know, very few people today will make eye contact. And I don't know if it's because they're afraid, they lack self-confidence, maybe a combination, but it's crazy how low the masculine energy is now out there in the world. And so, you know, that's a good point. It's like, you know, what are you going to teach your young son? Right. Like you teach them, like look at people in the eye, eye, shake their hand firmly, 
like you mean it. That's how I was taught. Um, you know, not aggressively, but you know, you shake their hand and you're like, hey man, I'm a living, breathing being and I'm here and I mean business, right? And that's what you're trying to convey and trying is not the right word, but you're, you're attempting to convey that when you speak, I'm, I'm sorry, when you shake a person's hands, when you meet them, you say hi to them, you know, you're speaking to them for the first time. And again, so many people, that's a lost art, Steph. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, and then they're, they're, they're basically trying to eliminate it. Like, I don't like the fist bump. I've seen that show, I'm like, what is this yeah. shit? Right. You know, like right. I actually see well, people as, are so afraid now to shake hands. Yeah. So yeah, now like everybody's like, that away, like the whole thing, because now everybody's like, you're, you're a contaminated, dirty thing. And you're, you're a, a vector of kill, of death and disease. You know, your hands are, you know what I mean? Put all this bullshit on them. By the way, the toxic spray, you guys, lowers your testosterone. Right. I mean, that's you know, all, it. all by design. It ruins your eggs, ladies, all, all that. So no, that's a, a, a good point. It's really, see, that's such a basic thing, Jay. Yeah. It's such good advice. Like how many women think to teach their sons the power of shaking hands right. and looking in the eye, right? Because Very you know, few. Right. Very few. That's a very simple thing on how to help a boy become a strong man. Well, yep. and I like the way you said it, like as if, say the phrase again, like, let them know I'm here or what did you say? Oh, so I mean, um, when you shake someone's hands is to let them know that you mean business and that you're here, right? Like I'm a living, breathing organism like and I want you to take me yeah, seriously. That's right. I love that. Yeah. A lot of people don't do that, you know, and that, I, I literally learned that from my dad and I know that yeah. his father, my grandfather taught him that, you know, and, and there were some rite of passages, things that I learned from my grandfather. <laughs> this is a good one. My yeah. grandfather taught me when I was a little kid how to eat a chicken leg and how to clean a chicken bone. Okay. Right? Like, you know, yeah, I mean, I remember him. I was oh, eating a chicken piece and he was like, no, J-Boy. He called me J-Boy. He's like, J-Boy, let me show you how to do that. So there's like these little things that, you know, are gone from today's day and age because, again, we don't really have that, you know. Um, I'm trying to think like right now in my mind, like what would be some other like really cool things to teach basics. I mean, so some of that, like, what are these? So like, you know, when I say strong man, what yeah. comes to mind for you? A strong man is a man who has conviction, hmm. who never backs down, um, who always, you know, stands for what they believe in. Okay. And like a strong man in today's like, you know, in the public today is a person that will stand up for his wife, stand up for his daughter, stand up for his son, stand up for really anybody that, you know, is in his close circle or his inner circle, you know, people that he loves and cares for, no matter what, you know, and I don't see that, you know, when Monica, and Monica has a story, but when Monica first got with me, you know, again, her ex was such a wimp, you know, uh, the very first time that her and I were together, it was like, I don't know, we were a month into dating and we were at a bar and some guy, I went to the bathroom and she was waiting outside for me. And some guy like put his hand on his shoulder and was like, Hey baby. And I literally grabbed him and threw him five feet. I mean, it was just like, what, you know, like that. And she was like freaked out. You know, he didn't get hurt or anything because like it was a crowd and he went into the crowd, but like, you know, I just looked at the dude like, bro, like, what are you doing? You know? And he was like, Oh man, you know, he was like, sorry. And like, you know, afraid, but like, sorry. And so, when she saw that, she was like, I've never, ever had anybody ever do that for me. You know what I mean? And so she was like, I was like, are you serious? You know, like, who wouldn't do that for you? Like, you don't put hands on a woman. So it's like, you know, 
again, from where I come from, if you do that, you better be ready. Right. right? But you don't see that much in today's day and age again, because right. like the environment we live in, you know, people are afraid of getting sued or getting arrested well, or any of that nonsense, but that's basic stuff for well, being but a the, man. It's a big thing. Basic is you had the mental, but I think the really the physical capability to feel confident right. to do it. And I think, like you said, because if you have are weak, you have low muscle tone, you have high body fat, you know, your, your estrogen and testosterone relations aren't, aren't good. You have, no, do it. You, you don't have the confidence, right? right? It comes right. down to, they don't have the confidence to right. intercede if they see somebody abusing an animal, a child, a woman, oh. whatever, they don't feel yeah. they can actually defend, right? If you, right. you have an 80 year old lady and you see a robbery, she She's not jumping up to tackle the guy because she knows I don't have the physical capacity. So she doesn't have confidence. I think we have too many adults, men and women with no physical capacity to do much of anything. That's a really good point. I I think a lot of people today are just incapacitated physiologically. And then it just instantly becomes a, what am I going to do? Right. Right. And so the thought process is there's no attempt because the thought process has already rendered them null and void. So you got that way by training. It didn't happen by accident. You put, I mean, yeah, I mean, again, I was raised in a very, my dad was very, you know, alpha macho, you know, I brought you into this world. I'll damn sure take you out. Right. So it's like, you learned from where I came from, like you had to be tough. You just had to be tough. Now I also grew up impoverished, you know, in the inner city, I lived in a housing project. You know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, you know, it, at various stages, my dad kind of ascended, but uh, I was poor. My brother and I shared clothing. My, you know, I have a, I'm the oldest of nine kids, six boys, three girls, but my brother who's a year younger than me, him and I shared clothing in high school. So it's like, you know, I know what it was like. And so I, you know, came with, you know, much tougher uh, beginnings and, you know, had to earn my way, you know, through athletics and everything that I did. And I got an absolute, dude, I, people, that's another thing today. Another, you know, thing, kids don't get into fights. <laughs> so you know, no, listen, I've talked about this before. So Danny Vega, so, you know, Danny, so when I interviewed him, he said something that had me rolling and I'm like, actually it's genius because I, so <laughs> My son did something like, I don't know, fifth grade or whatever. And I told him he got in trouble a little bit at school. And I was telling him I didn't care. It was like stupid. I told my mom and she was like, well, I think he's doing really good because you just want to punch the kid. I was like, he should have punched the kid. I mean, that would solve all the problems. See, the kid said the thing. I popped him in the face. Never said it again. He learned real quick. You don't call me that or you don't say that. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. it solves the problem really quick. There's no bullying. It's done one and done, basically. Usually. Both of my daughters would never, it would never happen because I've taught them since a young age, a very, very young age. If anyone ever threatens you physically, you walk right up to them and you hit them as hard as you can, right. either right here right. or right, right here. It's always right <laughs> Well, I mean, like, you know, it's hard to hit someone in the neck when they're, if you don't know how to punch, but like, if you're not paying attention, you hit them in the bridge of the nose, they're going to feel it and they're going to know not to do it again. I taught my son too. But let me tell you, Danny Vega, when I interviewed him, one of his top hits, I don't know, we were talking about, he goes, I think there should be a line when you get your driver's license. Ben punched in the face haven't been punched in the face. (laughs) You've been punched in the face. You've got to get punched in the face to get your license. I'm like, 
that's a really good rule, actually, because yeah, that is it up, you know what I mean? It sets up the whole dynamic. That, that is the best thing ever. Monica's oldest son, who's now in the Navy, who's very close to me, he was so weak and such a pussy. He literally told me when I was 16, when I met him, when he, you know, when her and I first got together, I think he was 16. He's 25 now. So he was 15 or 16. When we finally knew each other, like a year later, he literally went outside with me one time. And he's like, dude, would you just please hit me one time? I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? He's like, I just want to know what it's like to get hit. <laughs> and I was like, dude, go into your high school and start a fight with a bully and get your ass beat. You know, figure it out that way. But so like the point is, is that we are now in a society where there's none of that happening. I know. You know it's kids tough, are right? Not Faith, because listen, you and I are like these into spirituality. We meditate, pineal gland, consciousness. We have, I mean, it's so, and then I struggle with this idea. I'm like, I am not trying to say I condone violence. But what I'm trying to say is the rite of passage. It is a rite of passage. I grew up in Detroit. We fought. There's a lot of street fights and I made yes. a huge mistake parenting. And I'm yep. so great by trying to overprotect my son because I didn't want him to have right. any experience of what I right. went through, guns right. in the face and all the bullshit that I would go through. But I, I, I overboard. I tell yeah. you, I got too yeah. feminine. I got yeah. too nurturing. I got almost like I was, I, I forgot. And my mentor of 20 some years was a man and who trained me a clinician, a doctor, Barry Bogart. Sure. I write about him in the book. And, you know, he, he was my main father figure really from like 22 yeah. on, right? right. Until he died two years ago. And he finally, in a moment of just with tears, he's like, why are you hiding who you are from your son? I'm right, like, right. I, I, he needs to know all of that part of you. I'm like, no, 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 no. Because my son was kind of timid and being afraid and having bad nightmares. And I'm like, Sigh. so I had to have this conversation with my son about how, oh, I'm sorry. Let me introduce myself to you. Yeah. If anybody comes into this house, I will kill them with a quickness you have never seen in your life right. and I will have done nothing wrong. And I, you know what I mean? Like it was, and so the, just the way I said it, his whole system, I saw change. I was like, Oh my God, Barry was right. He's like, he's afraid because he doesn't understand that there is, he knows there's bad things, Stephanie, you're acting like there isn't evil. He knows there is, and you have to acknowledge it and you need to tell him you've seen it and you can handle it. And I was like trying to not have any violence in this. You know, I just, I wanted to, I was not being realistic. Yeah. And that's when I said, okay. And he was like, he said this whole thing, this is the way so everything changed. And I said, so do you want me to teach you how, what my father taught me? How to many ways to kill a man What I just explained? He was sure. like, yeah. I said, okay, yeah. you want me there to go in there? We're going to start fighting. Want me to I'll teach you. And so we started right there. Awesome. Exactly the way my father at seven was going through teaching me if a man, yep. and we just practiced it over and over again. And he, all he knew was to be like, I got to teach this little girl how to fight off a man. Yep. You know, like that's what he, that was the way he knew how to love me for the short time I had him. So as soon as I did that with my son and I got him into boxing, big shifts and he did just get punched in the face this year at school he told me I went oh I said well and it was on the broken legs and the crutches and he goes yeah mom he hit me I was on the crutches I said well are you okay he's like oh yeah it wasn't it wasn't like as hard as he could but it hurt and I said well I mean are you he's like no no it's fine I got a handle and so I didn't say a thing to the school I don't feel it's necessary I talked my son handled it 
He goes, he's just a bully. He's just, bully. and I basically, and my son was like, I was basically calling him on his shit. And I said, you're full of shit. You're, and like, my son didn't swear. He doesn't swear, actually. He said, you know, I just kept calling and egging him. And he finally was like, you're not, you're going to do nothing. What are you going to do? You just all talk. Like, right. stop with it already. He literally was a broken leg on crutches. And so the kid hit him in the face and he always stumbled. Ah, I stumbled, but I'm okay. I said, well, how'd you handle it? Because he's been hit with boxing gloves. He said, well, thank God I actually boxed because you know, I've been hit before, but it feels different when it's no glove. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's funny you say that. My, my dad actually, and I didn't know this, but he told me after, my dad watched me get my ass beat. Like literally pulverized, like, you know, on top of me, mm. you know, hammering me, elbowing me in the throat. I'm like, you know, at the time, I mean, I found out about it like, you know, three hours later, I was like, why didn't you come over and Get the kid off, you know. I was probably like 12, 13, I don't know. And he's like, son, you needed to get your ass beat. It's a good lesson for you. That's what he told me. My dad was crazy, still is. But like, no, you know, mean, I get it. No, I mean, like, yeah. I mean, I learned that if you're gonna get into fights, you better be able to finish them, you know. And there was like a lesson to them, like, if you're gonna get into a fight, you better win. Yeah, right. So it's like you learn angles you learn permutations you learn like when you can get into a fight like when it's i mean it's never right and obviously you, you don't and, and you know you're gonna learn what losing is like exactly i, mean, I didn't win every fight you yeah, know no, no i mean he watched i mean this fight went on for literally like 10 minutes like i had the kid beat and i let him up like a dumbass and he literally as i turn around literally sweep he was laying down he would oh. sweep my leg you learned a lot then, yeah. And then he got up on me and he was like, you know, punching me in the face, strangling me. He was just like, you know, a low life, you know, but yeah. it was like, I learned that like, don't ever like, you know, give up the position of power yeah. when you have somebody down, especially with somebody who doesn't, you know, care, you know, like that guy was probably looking at me a lot differently than I was looking at him, you know, and obviously I don't, wouldn't hurt somebody but this guy probably would have hurt me i mean i was honestly lucky that i was able to like break free because he was going to hurt me wow you know what i mean and probably would have. i mean again i was a young kid whatever and i mean yeah. like you meant god knows how many fights street fights yeah. you know so, but, yeah, there's uh, something to that like i i really when i talk about this and i try to explain i'm like men need to, boys and men need to be with packs of boys and men and they need 100%. to throw each other around and wrestle and fight and punch 100%. it is it is real. It's and women don't quite understand. Yeah, that. and that's by the way been taken fight. from kids. They, they don't allow that anymore. The high I know. School, grade school. It's they horrible. Don't allow it. It's they horrible. Don't allow it. Yeah, they don't. My son's school here, where in psychotic Decatur, like in fifth grade, told me, "Oh, mom, we can't play uh, flag football. You know, touch football anymore." So why? It's too much physical contact. Too much physical contact. Can you imagine? We literally played King of the Hill. I told him. I said, "You know." <laughs> He goes, well, I go, you stand on a big pile of wood chips and throw each other the, just literally try to throw each other. And the lunch ladies, the recess people watched it. They just, they, this wasn't hiding. We were allowed to just That's throw the living daylights absolutely. out of people down a hill at lunch. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and to see who won, who could be the strongest. This was allowed in, in the 70s and yeah. the 80s. Yeah, yeah, and you learned physical, you learned like, you really did learn like what you could do and what you couldn't do. Like, you know, yeah. what a person could take without like seriously injuring somebody. And then, you know, it was all in the spirit of camaraderie too. When well, nobody were, got hurt. Nobody got yeah, hurt. And, and hurt. at the end, at the end, everybody would like high five and, you know, totally. up and 
That's so and awesome. Let's do it again tomorrow. Protected. And here's the, and the kids are smart. Kids don't actually allow you to bully the weak right. ones. Exactly. You know, you're like when somebody you're like, well, don't do that true. to her. She's not, you know what I mean? Or to him, you know, if you know, if you know he's weak, we don't allow that. You don't come after this one. Like we all know he's weak. Leave him alone. Right? That's totally a true. normal pack of kids to be like, yeah, you know, we make fun of them, but you can't make fun of them. You can't hurt them. You know what I mean? You can't come in and actually do that. So that's how it was. It's like, yeah, but we still let the kid play with us. I mean, he can still play football. We know he's pathetic, but it's fine. You know what I mean? Like totally true. kids had that, but you can, you work that out through physicality and they're not allowing anything, even to the point he told me, I've heard forget what he was playing. He goes, basically my miles and I got in trouble because we were too good at two square. We were winning too much. And then we weren't allowed to play. I said, what? You got punished for being physically dominant at something. Unbelievable. It's all part of the design. Again, you know, again, weaken the species, yeah. weaken the fighting force, you know, take away physicality. It, dude, it's, it, it's honestly, it's like we are being like, it's like intelligently designed that theory to yeah. weaken us. You know, right. how are they doing this? It's like a, it's a strategy and it's like part and parcel. It's all compartmentalized of like how they weaken us from like every angle. Yeah. It's crazy. So how do we combat it? Right. So we've talked about some of this. So for me, I mean, you know, I like some of these basics even, Hey, you got to teach these boys, shake hands, look people in the eye, stand, let them know, let them know you're there. We talked about the, the discernment. I want to go back to that. Like, how do we help children, I mean, we're talking about boys in particular, but it's really children move into adults that have discernment. Um, and I mean, what I, some I, of the ways you focus on that? I go to yeah. biology is critical to it. So, so, so they definitely, there's no, there's no age where they can't start to understand their thought patterns. Like all of my daughters, all of the kids here uh, journal. Uh, we have all of them also go out into the backyard by themselves to sit, you know, in stillness, silence or whatever. I don't know if they're actually, you know, able to really truly sit there in stillness. They're not, you know, th there's a lot of rules, you know, not like hard, firm rules, but like, you know, we have a tech free, like at six o'clock, there's no tech. Okay. They either have to read a book, talk among other family members. You know, we sit around the dinner table for the times that, like, cause like the issues in my house are that my daughters are both in dance and uh, cheer. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, Monica just took the four, the 14 year old. She's there from four to nine. And then the day and my Gabby, the 12 year old will be in dance from six to nine. And thankfully they're in the same like facility or area where we pick them up and everything. So we don't have like dinner, you know, together every night, but um, you know, you obviously got them in combat sports. I mean, sports is obviously a huge thing um, to learn, you know, competitive aspects of being around, uh, people both individually competing and obviously from a team competition standpoint. I mean, I love the idea that you have them in fighting. None of my daughters are in BJJ yet, but I will eventually put them in BJJ. Like they just don't have time now. They practice five days a week. Yeah. Well, it's know? also not as important, I think, for girls. I think I love well, I I mean, all I think... of that combat stuff is good for girls too. Don't get me wrong. Right. For self defense and all that. I think sure, it's sure. really critical for. Yeah. For well, I just like the aspect, the organizational aspect of like teaching people like the respect of like throwing hands and and, yeah. and, and, and learning personal respect. But they don't have time for that. But I mean, I think that's good. But for, you know, your, your son's already doing it. So that's, you know, not an issue. Um, you know, just. Just the idea of like, you know, having that conversation about sexuality, 
you know, that's a big thing. Like, you know, I had, you know, the birds and the bees, but, you know, hardcore with my daughters when they were nine, you know, nine and seven, you know, I had these conversations. I never want to shy away. My parents, I think people are not doing that, you know, because I had, we had big, big sex ed when I was in fourth grade. That's when the whole big thing, and people are pushing this off. And I remember my son was a little uncomfortable with the whole thing. I'm like, yeah, talk about it because things are happening much sooner than a lot of parents realize than when we were kids. Oh, uh, it is. And that's why you have to have these conversations. And yes, they're going to be embarrassed and they're going to go like, nah, dad, mom, I don't want to hear this. Like, you're listening to me, yeah. but it's understand critical. what I'm about it's to critical tell you. for not only, I mean, I think personal safety, just letting them know yeah. also, these are off limits for teachers, coaches, right. you know, right. doctor, if I'm not in the room, I think oh, yeah. don't know that, like that, none of that should be happening. Um, in particular, I think for boys, it's a really confusing time, you know, so as yeah. a mother, I've got to talk to my, luckily my son, we have such a ability to connect and talk about things. And so he's really not embarrassed to talk about any of those things. And I had to kind of, I do have an ex-husband, so I have to be like, so sure. are you going to bring up the whole, like, whatever. But I, I finally was like, I don't know, Jay, if I can trust what's going to be said, or I'm going to have to have a conversation just to let Bennett know things like, so you know, if you ever wake up and the sheets are, your underwear are wet, right? like, what do you mean? I said, I'm going to explain something. And he was like, oh, he's like, so it's not pee. It wouldn't be. I said, no, it's not pee at all. He said, it's a normal part. He's like, I explain the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, but not to really got, he's like, oh, I said, so if it just happens, let me know. So we can clean the things. It's, it's totally, it's going to happen. I kind yeah. of told him, so it's going to happen. I just don't know when. You know, girls get their period. You know, I kind of told him, he's like, oh, yeah. I said, your penis will start to just, you know, because when he was little, he'd be like, why is it so hard? Make it stop. He used to get so angry. I'm like, honey, it's totally normal. He's like, but you try to push. I said, stop pushing it. It's not going to get softer. Just leave it. Give it a second. You're fine. But I had to say, so that's going to happen a lot. You won't be able to control it. And he was like, what? I said, so you might want to like put your book in front. You're going to have to hide it. You'll figure it out. You know what I mean? So, I mean, and so I told him this, I said, you'll notice girls never put their books in front of them, but boys will do that. Right. He probably has a boner. And he was like, oh, I'm yeah. so these are the kinds of things I think if women were comfortable talking about like you yeah. know because your boys are going to go through it and i don't know if all the fathers and the ex i'm, I'm divorced and yeah. i would tell peter i'm like so are you having these kind of are you talking a little bit about it you know but i don't know what they're going to say and i don't know i'm not a man i can only yeah. say the perspective of what you know as a doctor to my son like well yeah. these things are going to happen and no i mean that's that's really good i mean obviously i don't have a son to talk about that but you know like masturbation i mean that you know that yeah. kind of stuff is like perfectly healthy um, you know, to have those conversations with, and, you know, that's, it's a little different for women, but like, we talked about that, you know, I'm, I just want them to understand or to know, and obviously I'm speaking more about my daughters, but it's the same, you know, it applies that, you know, that they can feel comfortable coming to me to talk about anything and openly yeah. asking and not being ashamed. You know what yeah. I mean? Like Gabby, my 12 year old, whenever Monica and I show affection around each other, she's like, dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it's embarrassing to her and we keep doing it because but they I love it. Her. It's embarrassing, but they love it. You know, it's I like, want oh. her to get comfortable with, you know, uncomfortability, right? Yeah. Like you want them to understand that it's okay, even though right now for you, it seems awkward or doesn't feel right. 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 You know? 
Yeah, so, so I love that. So let's go back to the discernment thing, right? So I go after it's brain development, strong hormones, whatever. But so you, you talked about basically you said meditation, sit quiet, you know, reducing technology, um, keeping communication and connection with the family, which is critical. So then you're teaching them how to think through things. You're teaching them how to, I'm sure, process emotions. Well, like, what are you feeling? Or how do you think about that, right? Just that, the slowing down. But I love that really you said meditation. And I think mo a lot of people don't, they think they have to entertain their children all the right. time, or you oh, know, no. there's something wrong with being, not only let them be bored, but I say actively practice sitting silent. Five minutes. You could just yep. start with five minutes. Go to sit outside, look at a tree for five minutes. That's exactly what we did. You know, right. And then, and then it can turn into, okay, close your eyes outside instead of looking at the tree for five minutes. And so you turn it into 10 minutes. And this is how you can turn your children into meditators or at least starting to have awareness, even if it's not really meditation yeah. yet, that they can have that connectedness to self learn to start bringing the left and right hemispheres together a little bit you might you know and then that's where more discernment is so they can learn to know is this yes or is this no does this feel good to me or this doesn't feel good to me yeah. and that if we had more of that we could have more children turning into adults that know no or like oh that's a fuck yes and that's a fuck yep. no i'm not doing yep. you know what i mean it's very right. easy and there's not as confused and I'm, I'm a big fan of that i'm going through something right now with my son and my ex-husband and i disagree and yeah. he wants Bennett to be following the rules. And I'm like, say, well, the rules are stupid. So he should, I'm, I'm happy. I said in the text was, I'm glad he has the discernment to not follow a rule that is dangerous to him. Fuck the rules. Yep. So he's more, well, shouldn't he? No, he shouldn't. Like the coach is wrong. He is not. The coach yeah. is the one we have to reprimand. Right. Bennett does not need to follow a rule that's, dangerous quite frankly i'm and i'm glad he has the courage at 16 to not do it and he told us about it and i'm backing him up and, and it's my ex-husband has wanted to back the coach and right. like and i had to say i don't yet again i don't want my son broken right is exactly. not going to be broken by the system and he wants to be in school jay he wants to be right. normal and in yeah, high yeah, school yeah. and i did the homeschooling for a few years yeah. he wants no part of it anymore mm -hmm. and he's super the socialization is like everything even yep. if there's stuff i can't stand that they say or do we yep. just have conversations i'm like so oh that's what they said today i'm like well you know that's not true right we have to <laughs> i just have yeah. to go i know he's being brainwashed jay and it's a tough thing because i'm like well I was brainwashed too. It's so the I same thing. Yeah. I mean, it, it is a rite of passage, but to going back to the meditation, like it's more about just being introspective and contemplative. Like yes. they have to learn to be able to sit with their own self in deep thought or no thought and really truly be able to like really understand like what they're being told is true, you know, because like I learned from my mentors that really it does take it, you know, that statement only a pure heart can discern truth well how do you get a pure heart a pure heart comes from being introspective and being contemplative and being out in nature sitting there in silence you know and truly like listening to the downloads to right. understand you know that's a beautiful little doggy um he's whining that's okay yeah but so i mean like that's that's how they're going to learn and again so many people today have none of that the parents, right. like you said, are just attempting to appease. They're putting a technology piece in their hand or a screen in their hand 
or making them, you know, watch something or babysitting them by saying, go watch TV or whatever it is. And it's like, no, like none of that is teaching them anything other than what the, you know, overlord slash rulers right. want them to know. That's divine authority. It sounds like right? exactly. self-authority understanding. You do not need a teacher, a coach, a, a priest, a white jacket physician, yeah. a scientist and anything. And I know that's a, to tell you what to do. And that's a tough thing as a mother, yeah. as I teach my child, because I struggle at times, Jay, with like, well, but I need you to listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> I, need you, I need you to do what I do, what I say like every time. But I'm like, all right, question everybody but me. I'm like, shit, no, you got to question me too. You know, <laughs> you know, it's a tough thing as a parent to be like, right. And there are these moments where my son will say in his wisdom, mom, but I'm in my body and you are not. So you can't understand it. I'm like, you're right. Right. You are absolutely right. So, and I have to pause and say, so you, will you tell me what you think you need? Tell me what you need. Tell me what you're feeling. Like, I, I don't know. And it's, it's humbling. And it, as the parent, you know, to pause and go, right. I, and I, as he's gotten older and then you'll see, you know, I don't have the answers on a lot of stuff. Now I go, you know, honey, I could solve all your problems at three, four, five. And I was probably faking it best I could till you were 12. Now at 16, yeah. a lot of this is on you, you know, and I'm here to guide you and, and nerd, like, and it's a tough, it's a tough age. Cause he's, I'm like, you're sort of a part man. You're, you're a half man and you're still a child. And so at times I got to let you go be a man and you don't really know what you're doing. And at times I got, sometimes you want me to do everything like your mother. Sometimes you hate that I'm doing anything like your mother, right? Cause you want to, you know, it's a really, it's a push pull at this age. And my job is to just kind of still go, okay, how do I still nurture the strength? And honestly, right now I'm just focusing, focusing on like encouraging testosterone, encouraging nutrition so he can, you know, build a foundation physically to keep things as stable as I can in his brain, you know, while I'm staying, staying connected and realizing I've got to let go, it, you know, like it, it's a, it's a shifting relationship. Um, where Do you have him, is he lifting? Do you have him lifting? So he is. Yeah. He has a membership and he started lifting. Okay. That's awesome. Cause that's, you know, that's, so I don't have the 12 year old doing it, but the 14 year old is a beast, man. I mean, I started lifting her when she was 12, two years ago. Now, obviously she has to be strong for cheer yeah. because she's, you know, flips and jumps and does all that stuff, but uh, she really loves it. Now the 12 year old hasn't done any of that yet, but for a guy, I mean, there, I don't know anything that's going to teach them how to be masculine more than building a physique, right? The more muscle they have, the higher energy they have, the higher. Yeah. I mean, that this is just you know people don't talk about. No, this, I but. agree, and I think a lot of people don't. So why mm -hmm. partly I started doing this too, Jay, is so many of my women patients were telling me things like, they, they're boys, they, they, these 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15 year old boys that are patients of mine, right, who have anxiety disorders or, and things like that. And the moms are thinking, well, I was thinking yoga. I'm like, no, mom, you been, you need to think boxing or grappling. He doesn't need yoga. He needs, to, you know, he needs weights. He needs to lift weights. He needs to, to fight because they're, they're these single moms. I'm like, your, your, your son needs to learn how to fight actually. And he needs to lift weights, but it's because these mothers don't do it and they don't think about it and they like yoga. And I get, they're like me. We, we don't want to push violence. We, we don't want to, you know, I'm like, we have to acknowledge who he is and he needs yeah. to be competent. 
exactly. he's gonna have confidence, like this is different. You know, you know what they go through. And my son, I found this interesting, Jay. He said it was about a year ago, maybe two. I was like, really? He goes, Mom, you know, girls have it so much easier. And so, first of all, I'm like, what are you talking about? Right? He goes, you know, when it comes to like good looks and stuff, you know, the girls at my school, like they can do all this stuff. They put on makeup and like fake eyelashes and get their hair done. And they, you know, their hair, they can get extensions. They do all kinds of things. They wear wigs. He's like, but boys, like, what do we have to do? I have, basically it takes so much work to like have a perfect body, to have chest and ripped abs and all. It's like to be a hot guy, it's just all work. Girls, they can put on all this makeup and it's kind of fake. It was such a different perspective. My mind was like, what? Like never in 1 million years as a woman would I think that, you know? But his perspective is like, I'm screwed. He's like, I have to bust my ass. Like, I'm not even, I'm not good looking, which he is. He doesn't think he is. Like, like, and he's like, you know, and like the, the good looking, and he's like, <laughs> he goes, first of all, there's like three or four guys to every girl I'm at my school. He's like, and then the guys that are good looking are really good looking. And so like, I barely stand a chance and it's so much work for me to get hot. I didn't know what to say because that's I, funny. I, just, I mean, that's discernment though, but in truth, he just, he just doesn't have a lack or he doesn't have a love and trust of self, like where he will. Right. He doesn't yet. yet. But I thought it was just so interesting, the difference. Right. And so I just said, you know, it's really, int- I appreciate you telling me this because I was a young girl and I had a different experience. And so I thought it was a lot of work and pressure. And, you know, I said, so I appreciate you, Bennett. And he's like, no, I, so I was hearing it's stressing him out. He's insecure about what he looks like. He's trying, he's in the gym now and he's trying to develop the body. And I'm probably going to join, you know, I said, oh, he's, I'm going to continue this over the summer. He's doing it with a basketball team. Right. And I said, absolutely, we'll get it. And I said, well, maybe I should join. He was like, you should join. We could go together. <laughs> so cute. I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll join. The, it's an athletic resort. Jay, they have like, he goes, mom, there's a restaurant. We can, we can order food at the pool. And there's, he's a eucalyptus spa. <laughs> he's so spoiled. That's awesome that he's thinking. I know. I'm like, but he has lifting weights. Okay, lifting weights. Um, meditation or sitting silently. He's learning to be internally aware i love yep. that any yep. other big ones for you that are like really important i'm trying to think like you know, the you know sexual, if you want a magic wand jay you got a whole generation of boys out here who are not going to become the, i mean the sexual thing the sexual thing is huge you know they have to understand it's okay to like desire to masturbate what masturbation okay. is they definitely need to understand like you know sex and not getting a girl pregnant you know all that kind of stuff okay. um these are great questions for me too. Cause like, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking like, well, what am I doing now for my daughters? But I mean, it all correlates. It does. Um, I mean, I, you know, you already kind of said it. I mean, just, you know, you have to unlearn, you have to try, you have to unlearn the nonsense, you know, you have to have conversations with them when they're coming back from school and saying, you know, like, Hey, what did you learn today? Or what, what you know, what, you know, and, and it's not gonna happen every day, but at least a couple times a week. And then, you know, when you find out that they're being bullshitted to, because I mean, all the, you know, and as were we, I think it's a lot more, it's a lot less subtle today. It's more like point blank, like you're hitting them with a bazooka between the yeah. eyes. But I think it's up to us to really teach them what the difference from the bullshit they're being told is from the truth, you know? And that was obviously a totally different, that's a totally different aspect than what you and I had growing up because 
it just wasn't that way. Now, obviously, it probably was the same bullshit lies then that it is now. It's just, again, it's just much more overt now. Yeah. They don't care. And, and, that, and that's just, again, that's connection and communication. That's spending time together and, and really showing interest. And so what's going on? What they tell you? Oh, okay, interesting. Show me your stuff. Because that's the only way you're going to know is that actually you show, you spend time, show concern. And the children love that because they want attention. They, they want your attention so bad. And so... Yeah. If they can get it that way, that's the best way. And then you're learning what's going on. And you can have these enlightening conversations about, oh, that's interesting. And, so, and then how I like to do it. So, so how do you feel about that? Because my exactly. son told me some things. I'm like, oh. And then often he'll say it. And I'm like, I agree. That's a great, I love your attitude. And I don't have to do a lecture because because he doesn't want to hear it anyway. And I'm like, wow. Like, yeah, because you know, if you don't ask them, so tell me how you think of what you feel yeah. about that. You yeah, know? Question with a question. Now, the other thing is too that I've learned, which sounds like you got your son's great now, but um, you don't want to ever like be so restrictive or preclude things because then, you know, then they desire it more. So it's like, I don't have like hard and fast rules other than the tech thing of like, you know, that they must be in bed at a certain time or that they can't, you know, do this as long as they don't ask for permission. Like my daughters are really good about asking me for permission. Like they don't do anything without saying, Hey dad, I'm contemplating doing this. You know what I mean? And, and, and then we talk about it and we discuss, you know, whether it makes sense or not, but you know, they always, you know, we'll say, Hey, you know, I really want to do this or I want to go to my friend's house or I want to do this. Is it okay? You know, it's like, I know when I was a kid, I sure the hell wasn't asking for permission from my parents. Yeah. You know, I was just doing whatever the fuck I wanted, right? Yeah. Like, and my parents were busy raising nine kids. They they didn't care. Yeah. You know, maybe they cared. I mean, maybe I'm, you know, not really being just, truthful. Oh, I mean, nine, they didn't have know. time to care. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, like, I mean, I, I mean, it sounds like your kid is already, his, your son's already great. I mean, but. Well, yeah, uh, but this is also people are getting the eavesdrop on the conversations and, and, yeah. uh, take get some nuggets and you've been there's been amazing ones you know yeah. so yeah cool well i'm glad if yeah. I, whatever i was able to give you i hope it was i i, I, was I love it jay i i know i know i don't know what time is i want to make sure you have oh yeah we've gone over and stuff we've been talking <laughs> no it's a great uh, awesome conversation no I mean, yeah cool. i was gonna talk to so, one of my guys as a mentor yeah like, hey man can we talk tomorrow now and i'm like yeah sure man <laughs> Um, yeah. So yeah, so I'm trying to piece it all together. Like what are these key points that I can help parents with, you know, it's kind of a, it's really for my son. I'm going to write it for him. What are these key yeah. points? And I'm learning from all of you guys. Like there are things I didn't think about like the handshake eye thing. I'm like, but it's so powerful. It's that yeah. simple. And, and actually his father did teach him that, you know, I backed him up. I saw, I'm like, okay, now make sure you do that. You know, and, and he does it beautifully. Yeah. Um, and stand, stand for what he knows is right. You know, there's a, there's a difference between like what you believe in and what you know is right. And so it's like, you should always stand for what you know is right. Like there's like certain principles that you, you make a stand no matter what. And I, I know it takes courage and bravery to do that. Mm -hmm. Like when you, like you said, when you do that, um, you know, it goes back to punching them in the nose or in the neck or something like that. But there's, there's certain lines that can't be crossed, you know, and yeah. you shouldn't strike violently unless you're threatened, you know, you're physically threatened with harm, but it's just like, you know, there's nothing wrong with standing up 
for what you I believe. love that. No, I think it's important that people hear that because I remember I had to have that conversation. And as a woman, I avoided it. But yeah. I finally said, let me be real clear. If anybody ever touches right. you, right. Or, you know, you have my full permission to do anything and everything you need to do physically against them, I will back you up. You will never be in trouble. Yep. So I don't care what happens. I was kind of like, fuck the school. If anybody, I said, I don't want you throwing the first hit though. I said, you, you better not be the bully. You know, I, I had that conversation. I will not be okay with that. I said, however, if you have to protect yourself, you will never be in trouble with me. Yep. And that was a, and it's never wrong. I said, just like, and I had to say the conversation, he was young, you know, let me be clear. I will, my job is I'm bigger and stronger. I protect and defend you right now. One day you will be bigger and stronger than me. And yeah. you will do the same for me one day. And that is actually your duty. So you need to be strong enough to do it. You need to be strong enough to throw me over your shoulder and carry yep. me out of the house one day. Right now, I could pick you up with one hand and I got you. It's not a problem. You aren't stronger right. than me. You know, right. I said, but now my son is my height. <laughs> I'm still stronger than him. He's like, he's probably still stronger. I said, I think I still am. I got that won't last real long. I just said, this is what I said. It's not going to last long. I picked him up at the gym. I said, oh boy, you're, it's about to change. And that's okay. You know, that's how it's supposed to be. Because yeah. you will have this role one day. I said, you see how I'm stronger than grandma now? He goes, yeah. Yep. I said, one day she, she was doing that. And now I protect her. Right. That's how this works, you right. know? Yeah. So I think if, if people understand that and, and tell your kids that. So I gave him that permission. You have permission to get stronger than me. You have That's permission awesome. to be bigger than me. And I think sometimes women are afraid of that with their boys, you know? Like it's a little bit unnerving that he'll be, yeah. Yeah. you know, a man. It kind of freaks you out when you realize that as a mother, oh God, he's going to be a man having right. sex one day. Yeah. I mean, I don't even think about that for my daughters, but like, you know, just the, the, for an analogy is like, I have to get to a place where I'm going to be okay to like, let them go be with my ex, you know, who's a total Disneyland mom, but like part of their healing is connecting with their biological mom, who's essentially abandoned them. I mean, you know, she's been around, she lives in Florida now, so she is, hasn't been around like in the last year and she worked in Las Vegas with her boyfriend, who's no longer, which is a good thing. Uh, but they both worked in the, in the, um, in the Vegas, uh, you know, the, the casino industry, they were like, uh, she was a blackjack dealer and he was a pit boss or something like that. So they did okay, but she was just an absent, you know, mom, whenever she would come around, she would just splurge and buy him shit. You know, they, it's total Disneyland, you know, and then leave. And like, we would have to like un unravel or unwind all the damage that she'd done. So it's like, you know, now they're at an age where it's like they really want to go to school, you know, just like your son. And they're willing to be with their mom who lives in, you know, well, she'll 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 have to live in a two bedroom apartment. Right. They live in a thirty two hundred square foot house. They have everything you know, they, they want for nothing. So it's like, you know, I'm having these conversations with them all the time. Like you guys realize you're going backwards. OK, just to go to school. You're going to struggle. Your mom doesn't have any money. You're not going to have things like you have, have had for the last 10 years of your life. So this is a new challenge for you guys. Are you guys going to be okay with this? And they're like, yeah, dad, you know, mom, mom, we really want to be, live with mom. And I'm like, okay, well, we'll see how long you really do want to live with mom when you can't do this or that, or you can't get this or that, like you've always got with us. So it's going to be an interesting thing for them to like understand what it's like to want for things and to, and to truly struggle. 
because they've never really had to struggle. I mean, I don't lavish them with anything. You know, they have to earn what they get, but it's going to be a different world for them. So for me, the struggle will be being okay with them being across the country and not there to protect them. Right. But it's like, it's a, it's a part of me that says like, this is something, this is their rite of passage. You know, they have to live with their mom and experience their mom trying to be a mom because her mom hasn't been a mom now. And now she's finally taking responsibility where she's like, I really want this. I really want to do what's right. You know? And so for me, it's been like overcoming the mindset that she's a Disneyland mom and that she's not, she can't do this to being in a place of like, giving her space to be the mom. Yeah, that's important for you. It's a big healing and it is important for, for the girls, you know? This oh, it's a huge healing. Heal it. yeah. yeah. It's a huge healing. It's a big I, you know, there's a part of me that says she can't do it. There's a part of me though, Steph, that says she can't do it. You know, I know who she know. is and, you know, I'm going to get that call four months into it. Like I, I can't handle the girls, you know? So I just have to drop that though because that's just a projection. you know the power of intention and creation yeah it's a projection it. yeah yeah totally. it's a, that's a this is a growth this is a consciousness transformation moment yeah this is a too. major growth yeah. portion or, or time in my life for me because i have to be okay to like let them go you know i can't be the protector anymore right like i can protect well, them you from can afar. still protect it yes you can you energetically can. but i won't actually be there i mean you know again if something happens and, I'm, and I don't think it will, but if something happened, it's not like I could just jump in my car and drive across town and be there. You know what I mean? I so that's, that's just what I have to get used to. But I know you're right. Monica has told me that this is part of their healing. You know, they have to be, you know, Gabby's it's part of your healing. It's part of your for healing. sure for me Before too. But Gabby, for them, it'll help. It'll help you. It'll help them. And the whole, it, it will, it will. But Gabby, my 12 year old, you know, she, I don't know. There's a part of her that really has to be with her mom to really, truly heal. Cause she feels abandoned. There's no doubt. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for sharing that with me, Jake. That's a lot. That's yeah. Really you're cool. welcome. Yeah. yeah. No problem. Well, we can talk a little bit more off about that or anything kind of helping you in that journey. And maybe, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, for sure. Work on your field a little bit when that goes on. For sure. And it's, it's tricky, you know, we know we're beings of consciousness, but we live in this human 3d experience and it's like, Oh, right. I have to deal with my humanness now. Oh, my dog is just, that's, that's my dog, everybody. And he's, he's had enough of this. Um, so on that note, is there any final, um, I mean, you've said such beautiful nuggets, right? So, so many, and I honestly, your definition of how you described a strong man is one of my favorite. I think I've heard so far. I ask every guy that and I'm like, wow, that, that clip, <laughs> I love it. Nice. I think that might be one of my uh, favorite definitions or, you know, descriptions. That's awesome. Um, well, I mean, yeah. honestly, just thanks for letting me talk to you. I appreciate it. Uh, I, I it was appreciate good for me too, because, you know, I can, you know, reverse engineer this and like, think about like, you know, what I want for my daughters, because you're right. I mean, like, you know, Monica keeps telling me, she's like, you're going to go crazy. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm going to be fine. You know, it's a challenge for me. It's an evolution. It's an evolutionary aspect for my soul in this, you know, incarnation to allow them to be with their mom, you know. And to build their discernment, right. To build their own sovereignty, their own divine sense of self to continue their own practices because they have influences of you and her and Monica and that you know like they 
they've got to take it all in and make their own decisions and their own choices. And that that's that age, that ugh, 12, 13, 14, 15. It's the weirdest thing to be letting them go because they're they're not quite able to do what an adult can do. And, and you're not yeah. not ready to be alone. Um, yeah, so it's an it's interesting thing for- they're, they're both really old souls, which of course, you know, I mean, someone like me, it had to happen, but, uh, but the 12 year old is just very interesting. You know, she's, I don't want to say she's difficult, but she's challenging. You know what I mean? Like she's, she's like a 90, she's like a 12 year old going on 90, right? Like she walks around in the house and she locks doors, you know, after people and stuff. And she's like checking in on you and like, yeah, but dad, and, you know, picking up after people. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, like, like I said, she's like a 90 year old, like super organized anal retentive soul you know, in a 12 year old's body. So it's, it's a very interesting time, but they're both really awesome girls and I'm really blessed. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. These new kids are a little bit mismatched at times. Cause somebody asked me like Bennett's, you know, he's 16 years old. My friend who was here as a therapist, he's like, well, what's his emotional age? Um, and I'm like, it depends. Cause some days it can be four and the other times it's like 84. Oh. I mean, at times yeah. the crazy wisdom knowledge dropping psychic empathic intuitive ability is like okay i don't even know like you're you're good and then i'm like oh man you're like a six-year-old right now what are you talking about right it's like this inconsistent um these frequencies of these uh, of these new souls my son is very new uh very very new people people think old i'm like no he's not he's very new frequency and they have a hard time being in the body sometimes yeah i mean that's my 12 year old I mean, Monica and I talk about that all the time. Like my 14 year old is, is just, just, I mean, it's, you know, you don't want to like favor by making statements, but she's like perfect in every way. You know, she's like really communicative, very loving, amazing athlete, brilliant student does everything right. Little emotional, little, you know, uh, she can, she can become, she's very effeminate, extremely feminine. She's very, very physically, um, you know, gifted. She's, you know, Monica's like, oh my God, dude, like she's already like built like a 19 year old, you know, uh, calendar model. Like, what are you going to do? And so like, I don't even think about that kind of stuff, but like, you know, she's, she just has all that. Whereas the 12 year old is like gangly and, you know, she's in the ugly duckling phase. She's actually a really good dancer, but you know, she's just, they're just separate, but it's a challenge, right? Like when you have two, because like, sometimes you're like, how in the hell did I oh, get I know. Well, you know, you had four. nine. I had four. We were all very, very different. I mean, yeah. friends will meet us and be like, I can't believe you guys are all related. I'm like, I know. It's just. Yeah. No, it's the same way. I mean, I'm literally like the, my oldest brother. I mean, brother right below me, who's the second oldest. Him and I talk, but the rest of them very rarely, like we don't have anything in common. It's crazy. Yeah. Very. It's, it, it is very interesting. The dynamic of like large families, like how the souls are all separate. Yeah. And then the souls all wanted to be together though. It had to have some purpose, right? Some karma. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah I, totally. I don't know. Like nine, that's a lot. <laughs> I'm like, I know, and my mom actually had 10. She actually had one before me. Right. His name was uh, Christopher J. And so he died of SIDS and then they named me J Christopher, but you know, SIDS was vaccination death. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, that's probably why I came in as an avenging you know, I was avenging on that. And that's why I've always been like anti-vaccine and talking out about it and stuff. Yeah. So fascinating. Which I really appreciate it. Cause a lot of people don't want to, you know, <laughs> nowadays they, they're all coming over to our camp and they're like, oh, I'm not anti-vaccine. I'm like, I am. I mean, I don't, why anybody who reads should be, it's not complicated. 
I think I think I did I tell you this? So Pierre Sabak is writing a book on the vaccine business oh. and the industry, and it is going oh. to change the world. And check this out. He's literally gonna write, let me write the foreword. Oh my gosh, congratulations. Yeah. So I mean, like, I'm like, wow, that might be the greatest thing of my life. But like, yeah. I'm you know, he doesn't even know if it'll be published because he's like, right. he's been researching it for three years. Yeah. I mean, there's a hundred and ten vaccine books already published at least 110 yeah this is not new people i mean so it's been done over 100 times this whole thing has been ripped to shreds i'm curious to see what he's gonna do because he's fascinating in the way he goes after that guy that guy is i can't like imagine the next level he's gonna do because he's obviously oh well i mean he's been telling me in his little private emails like this has gone way bigger and better than I could imagine it was going to go. It's like, he's like, I've been like channeling divinity as I've been writing this. So I'm like, okay, wow. bro, well, let me see it as soon as possible. Right. Right. You know? I mean, his books take weeks to read. I, I, you know, I haven't read one. I only listened to his lectures. I only listened to him. So I've, I'm like, you know, 20, 30 hours of listening. Dude, if you literally read holographic culture it is one of the most profound books ever left humanity i mean i don't even know how any human could even read it i mean it's so difficult i mean i read it like it took me a month to read through it over and over again i mean i read it in a week but like just I, I, you can just keep reading it i mean he's so brilliant yeah no he is it's it's just when i watch him i pause it i go wait what was that i pause it look back i'm like what and i pause it and i'm like because of the way the words all go and how the different languages and how he puts it all together. And it's, I had no idea I'd be interested in language. I think he's actually writing it in his real name. So his real name is Simon. His last name escapes me right now, but uh, I know, I know it, but he's going to write it in his real name. He said that he was like really afraid initially, but he's like, at this point now, you know, everything is out there now. It's, it really is happening. You know, right. Like it is. everything is being revealed. It is. For people that have eyes to see. Yeah, and, ears and, to and hear. I think it's coming to you when it's supposed to. So it's like when people right. send the texts and the videos and then you're like, everyone's watching yep. this, everyone's watching that, everyone's yep. watching this. Yep. Like what's happened for people in the last three years, you know, who they no longer like or follow. Or, it, it's just, it's it's really mind blowing. And I'm- In I'm two happy. weeks, so in two weeks, the, the eight episodes, well, not eight, but- the first episode of the eight episodes that me and Billy and Matt and Rex mm-hmm. filmed for the Decoders of Truth and dude, it, I'm telling you, I, I don't want to like toot my now is that on Billy's channel? Where's it going to be? It's going to be on Billy's channel. Yeah. So okay. I, when I get the bootlegs, all my inner circle, I'll just give you guys the videos. Okay. But like it's well, it's we'll, a we'll, profound. We'll shit. have the Billy Carson uh, TVs, you know, in the show notes, you guys, so we'll be able to see. So Jay's on a new show, Billy Carson. Yeah. Show, yeah. Uh, so I, I think I told you this. We're filming the second season in Peru. So we're going to be, yeah, you did. I know. July. Yeah. So it's going to be absolutely amazing. But I mean, the first eight are so mind blowing that like, I mean, again, to be able to speak like that with no censorship. Yeah. And not worried about like what you might say and you know, know. could be used against you. I mean, it's just, I, I already told Billy, we were talking yesterday. I was like, bro, are you sure that they're not going to censor it from even being on your show on your channel? Cause he's got like 36,000 subscribers now. Oh, wow. You know? So, you know, they're all paying $7 and 77 cents a month for his network, but it's like, it just, because we talk about the vaccine, dude, and it's crazy. Oh, okay. I'm excited. No, I mean, every episode is so good. Like he, you know, he's like, bro, I've had to 
my he's got a nice editorial team he's like we haven't edited very much he's like you know we're making it made for tv but he's like this is some seriously amazing shit so i i knew when we were done we were all like wow what just happened you know and we i do we got it over two days completely unscripted no show notes nothing it was just unbelievable it was like four people well, with the four of you coming together like that i mean so it's like eight hours or something like that it's unbelievable stuff i mean it's like it's longer than that if they don't edit it some of the episodes i would say were an hour and 20 minutes okay well i look you know? forward to it but i'm sure he'll edit them and they'll all be like between 50 and 60 minutes or whatever but i haven't seen any of them yet but i've just heard billy and he's like dude this is like next level shit this is going to oh be God. the best show so um, everybody make sure you listen in the show yeah. or look at it it's billy carson i think dot tv or yeah it's, uh, forbidden no, it's knowledge not, uh, it's forbidden but with it's the number four four so. forbidden knowledge yeah, knowledge.tv. Or something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. So he was on Gaia. And, you know, so I'll, I'll put all this that people might, some people might not know who we're talking about or yep. what we're saying. <laughs> That's okay. I'll have all of it. I'm sure the majority of people that follow you and me will know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I kind of, you know, it's funny because I'm, I don't know. I told you, like, I'm got to come out of hiding a little bit. I'm like, yeah. well, people think of me as this. We like, all are coming out of hiding now. Yeah. Right? Like, I'm like, well, it's not, I mean, I do the brain stuff because it's all about the spirituality. It's all of about, course. you know, and so people say, oh, what are you talking about? They think it's really about ADHD. I'm like, oh, it's like you. It's like, is it really about testosterone? Like you guys, not really, but I have to get that balance, stabilization. Right. We have to be stable in structure and function before we can get the next level, before we can have expansion and explosion. And you really, you know, having these own internally driven psychedelic experiences. But right? You gotta have, you gotta have, you gotta be established in orthodoxy first before they'll like let you go. Dude, my, so I'm in, I'm speaking at the biohacking conference on Sunday in Vegas and my lecture is dude i mean it's like so it's it's uh how to live a fully optimized life so it's like all the jay campbell biohacking stuff like at the most tip of the spear but then i have a whole section on spirituality and i was like i don't know if these people are ready for this and so i sent it to the owners you know of the deal because i'm one of the keynote guys on sunday and they read it and they were like are you really going to present this and i was thinking like they're going to say like uh you can't present this and i was like i am and they're like wow so i was like fuck you know so there's probably gonna be like 12 or 1500 people i mean if, whether they're all there i think i think there's like 1400 people paid and registered for the for the event but uh you know if there's four or five hundred people in the room dude and they listen to what i'm about to say it's pretty 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 crazy awesome oh well yeah people are ready i think that's where we're at they are we're at a point now people are craving and it's like you're gonna know like when you're here stands up on and it's a tickle and you usually have a body part that's gonna like alert yeah. you you know people everybody has it's it's usually head region neck region that's a very common some people might have solar plexus but it's very common something in your body is gonna let you know oh yes and your whole mm -hmm. system resonates like that's what i i don't know why but that's me i don't know what this is but i needed that that's what people are being more driven to i think we're being blessed with whatever frequency shift or people are either uh, you know driven driving themselves to that and having this i, I don't know but I, i'm driven more i know i need to do this and they're knowing they need to go outside they need to get out of cities um or they're just tapped into some of the frequency weapons stronger and i have just compassion for that. i don't know i can't you know you've talked about it like i don't know why some people are hooked into this i 
might be just alien DNA percentages. <laughs> that, but that, that's what it is. I mean, it's yeah. the people that are open to what we're talking about and literally listening and hearing it, like literally hearing it, I just had certain DNA turn on. Yeah. You know, and they can, and that can be turned on from reading a book. It can be turned on from a lecture. It can be turned on from a YouTube video, but it's like, you know, Goldsmith says it's the, the genuine desire to pursue spiritual awareness yeah. that allows the, you know, chakras to resonate and, and, and turn on. And then of course the latent DNA to just fire on at some point. Now, that's really all this is. And again, yeah. the energy from the yeah. universe is hitting the planet right now too. And that's also turning on people's DNA. And that's why some people that are like total sleepers just wake up one day and are like, I don't know why I'm even wanting to know this, but I want to know this. Right. Yeah. You know, so it's happening. It's not, I don't think at this point it can be stopped. The only question is, is like how many people don't awaken. Right. And then what happens to them? Is there truly, you know, as the ancient text, you know, as Danny and I were talking about this weekend when he was reading the Apocrypha, you know, is it when they say that, you know, two men are in the field, tilling the field and one man disappears, does that just mean that the man that disappears stays in the third dimensional rate and it does go to, you know, a apocalyptic, you know, end of day scenario and the people that are at a certain vibrational rate just move into a higher state of consciousness and it's that higher state of consciousness is another state of existence. I don't think any of us know. No, nobody knows. I mean, but, but I don't, I don't, I know it's not going to be ships. They're going to take us to the fifth dimension. Yeah, yeah, no, no. It's just, it's your awareness, your conscious awareness. I'm not sure there's anywhere to go anymore. Right. Yeah, exactly. It's, really it's just moving up. <laughs> yeah. Like you will be moved into this next, like, graduated level. Yeah. Of beingness, whatever it is. But I mean, I, I, you know, I can actually see it. And again, this is hypothesis, but I could actually see it that the low vibrating fear frequency people literally disappear. And the people that are not in fear are all of a sudden on a new timeline in a new you know, state of being. It's the same earth, the same planet. It's just like the vibrational shift is like, okay, well, you were at 450 and you moved on and you're you know, below 200 or 150 or whatever. If I'm just quantifying it with this, you stay where you were. And so now everybody is where they they vibrate they vibrated to. You never know. You never know. We don't. I have so much fun speculating and figuring it out, like guessing. We're gonna find out. That's how I like to say it. Like, right? We don't know shit, but we're definitely gonna find out. <laughs> I, know. I know. I'm trying my best to just stay positive. People say, "I'm like, look, you're just gonna have to do the best you can yeah. and focus yeah. on what you want." Use the power of, you know, use the power of your imagination to create what you want and focus on going towards what you want because your imagination can take you down doomsday hell and, and that's not fun. That's totally it, dude. You can't get into the conversations about doomsday. We can all speculate. We all probably could see it happening in some way or the other, right. but you just Everybody likes to have this apocalyptic like the, oh the bible it's biblical i'm like well right. are you addicted you just want this right. to happen exactly you know what i mean like well, we know we create our reality right with our right. thoughts or actions so just keep your words thoughts and action positive on things that you can control which right. is yourself and your in the present moment right and you can control your imagination I hate to tell you because people forget i love the imagination it's thought just, process that's all neville goddard you know it's always imagine that you are abundant prosperous sovereign whole healthy whole and complete yeah. And then just be that person. That's right. 
uh, on that note, we will say goodbye. Have a beautiful evening. Thank you, Jay. Love you. Amazing night. Thank you. We'll talk tomorrow. All right. Bye. Bye.